Is everybody ready? Do we need to... Is everything okay? <clears throat> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Try Friend Heroes, a Legend of Zelda podcast. I'm Ellen. I'm Kayla. I'm Kazum. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're all we're here. All here. <laughs> Yay. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I felt like... Kazum was very upbeat. I felt like I needed to cheer, you know? Aww. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> today we're discussing the Legend of Zelda Phantom Hourglass. Mm-hmm. Yay. Choo, is that choo. also a word? wait no hold on no <laughs> next time <laughs> not yet next time. <laughs> God damn. spoilers i guess an hour hourglass doesn't make noises it's just like a you know sand it's falling like the gentle <laughs> the gentle of sand <laughs> against the glass <laughs> <laughs> the simple of time slowly marching forward yes next we'll march toward our mortality hey hey mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyway, in The Legend of Zelda Phantom Hourglass, Link must partner up with a sailor named Linebeck to sail the seas, collecting pure metals to create a sword that will enable him to defeat the evil Bellum, return the Ocean King's power, and revive his friend Tetra, who has been turned to stone by the ghost ship. But was it all a dream? (laughs) Was it? Was it? I don't know. Let's talk about it later. (laughs) This um, direct sequel to Wind Waker was released in 2007. When I was in high school. We all were in high school. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The DS came out. That when... happened. You're I so young. Yeah. <laughs> so young. So high school. I don't know. Were we young? I feel like well, we used to be like, this game came out before I was born. And now we've gotten, we've proceeded to the point where this game came out when I was in high school. So anyway, <laughs> but this, this game, it was critically acclaimed uh, as usual. I feel like every Zelda game, every time I write this intro, it's like, <laughs> Even Wind Waker was like critically acclaimed, but questionable reception. That was like the worst out of all of them. Most of them were like super high praise. And I think this game also had very high praise and it sold actually slightly more copies than Wind Waker. It sold 4.7 million copies and Wind Waker was like 4.43 million. So way more people had a DS than a GameCube. Yeah. (laughs) I think we talked about this last episode because I went down a rabbit hole of if I didn't edit it out, but like the, the PS2 was the most selling console is the highest selling console of all time. The second highest selling console of all time was the DS. Mm -hmm. And I don't know exactly how that, this is from a Wikipedia article. So I don't know how like they loop, they like combined all the types of DSs together. Cause I assume that covers the DS, DS Lite and DSi. And I don't know if that covers the 3DS as well. I think 3DS was separate in the list. Yeah. I think the 3DS is a separate console, but it should be treated as a separate console. I just don't know how. But yeah, everyone and their mom had a DS for a while there. Mm-hmm. Even like yeah, you gotta even play like, Brain you Age. Know, boring business non-game people were playing Brain Age and shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. Nintendo dogs. Stop. <laughs> Did I look at the top? Hold on, let me look for the top games really quick. Top Pokemon. Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's one of the high-selling games of all time. Top Nintendo mm-hmm. DS games. Plus, there are a bunch of like learning games, not just um, not just Brain Age, but oh, Brain Age is number four. Okay, so it was New Super mm-hmm. Mario Brothers, Nintendo Dogs, Nintendo Dogs number two. <laughs> and it's, it says all versions because there's like multiple editions of Nintendo Dogs, right? Yeah, um, they different Mar- ones of different <laughs> different breeds. Dogs. And stuff. I don't. I mean, I remember playing those, like, dogs and cats games yeah. as a child. It's basically that, but on a DS. Pet Raising Simulation. That's the type of genre, apparently. Ooh, okay. uh, Mario Kart DS, Brain Age, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl is five. Pokemon Black and White is six, as you said. 
Oh my god, Brain Age 2 is 7. That's crazy. <laughs> wow. And then Heart Gold and Soul Silver, and then Wild Animal <laughs> Crossing Wild World, and then Super Mario 64 DS. That sounds right. Wow. Uh-huh. All Mario. I'm not surprised by any of and those Pokemon's <laughs> entries. I'm not either. I'm kind of surprised by Brain Age 2, but I knew Brain <laughs> Age was really popular. There was like TV ads and stuff. Mm-hmm. Platinum. Pokemon Platinum is only 13. How sad. And yeah, the third one. Black third 2 and White 2 were 12. Never... <laughs> yeah. yeah, the third edition never gets as many. Even though it's better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what about... Hold on. Let me try to remember one. Emerald? That's a one-off one, mm, yep. right? Mm-hmm. I did it. Because <laughs> it was... Ruby and Sapphire. With the... Yeah, Ruby and Sapphire. I was going to say whatever red and whatever blue. Ruby and Sapphire. Yeah. <laughs> Platinum was a vast improvement. Unpopular opinion, but I really didn't like Diamond and Pearl the first time I played them. But Platinum was so <laughs> Fighting words. I was going to say that... <laughs> When we get to talking about the DS, like, the game that I played most on the DS was Pearl, probably. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't have any touch controls, as far as I remember. At least you're not required to use them, as far as I no, remember. No, it's got the little bottom screen that's got, like, your little watch thing. But I didn't really I do anything with remember that. this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't remember that. I remember spamming the A button, because that's what Pokemon is. <laughs> Zelda is 17. The you Legend of Zelda Phantom Hourglass is 17. You right to make the Pokeball work better. <laughs> you, I thought you had to scream into the microphone. <laughs> is that is that a, is that an urban legend or is that true? I've never tried to verify it. I think they're all You're urban legends. To, <laughs> somebody <Yeah>. was... <laughs> Every version of doing something to make the Pokeball work the better. Pokeball, it's a random... It's probably just a random number. <laughs> like, does it, does it work It's a really not? complicated equation, actually. <laughs> okay. But no, nothing help makes it better, though. <laughs> nothing that you do externally makes it better. No. <laughs> I remember people being like, yeah, if you yell gotcha into the microphone, then it helps you catch the Pokemon. And I was like, well, I mean, I'm doing it, but I don't know if it really helps. Yeah. <laughs> Screaming in the microphone. Anyway, good times. Yeah, I never heard that one, but back in the old days, it was always like, you gotta hold up and B and it'll work yeah. better. <laughs> Well, I Professor Layton is uh, 21. One of the Professor Laytons is 21. That's I good. always forget about those games like completely when I'm not looking at them. And then someone like <laughs> brings it up again. I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> you lose object permanence when you yes. stop. <laughs> Professor Layton. I have no Professor Layton permanence. <laughs> Spear Tracks is 33. It didn't sell as well as um, hmm. things. Spoiler alert for next episode. <laughs> have y'all ever played any of the WarioWare games? I'm going on a tangent, but one of these top games yes. is listed as WarioWare, and I've never played any of them. No, wait. I may have only played the WarioWare games in Super Smash. I was going to say, I've played the WarioWare stage in the Smash Brothers that had some of the (laughs) mini-games. Okay, good. Good times. This this franchise of Nintendo, it's like a top-selling franchise on every console that we've talked Mm -hmm. about so far. And I've never played it, neither of y'all. It's a good time. Mm -hmm. Although there's a lot of franchises that I haven't played. I don't think I've ever played a Kirby game, only in Smash also. so let's. Kirby was one of my very first video games. Mm. Oh. I mean, my first video games were on the Atari because my parents had an Atari. Yeah. So, I mean, technically, my first was cheating. the uh, Tetris keychain that my mom had. But uh... I was gonna say Tetris DS is only thirty-seven, but like, <laughs> I thought that was also a pretty popular game. I think it got um, pulled from sales fairly early because there was some mm. weird like who had the rights to Tetris issue. Oh, so I think it's a fairly. I played rare the shit out of that DS too. Game, yeah. <laughs> that was like one of the I. If you can count Tetris as having a a win state, it's one of the earliest games that I beat. Because once you clear 200 lines, I think, in, like, the first one, the first thing, then it, like, yeah, unlocks like, other stuff. 
Yeah, you were like talking about the time. You were like, I beat Tetris. I beat Tetris. I didn't know you could beat Tetris. <laughs> no, I didn't realize something would happen at a certain point. I think you, I thought mm-hmm. you just play indefinitely until you get a score. But no, there was like a, there's a win state in that version of Tetris at least, which is hilarious. <laughs> oh, didn't know that. Yeah, I don't remember what happens. That was, anyway, I played the shit out of that game too. So, it's Kirby Squeak Squad. Yeah, my first games oh. were Pokemon Red and Kirby's Dream Land 2 on the Game mm-hmm. Boy. I think those are good. at the same time with my savings. <laughs> Well, I asked for a Game Boy Color for my birthday, so I did not purchase it myself. And I think Jane must have asked. My sister must have asked for a N64 because I also did not purchase that myself. It just appeared one Christmas. So it was one of those like um, early money lessons from the parents where they wanted me to like you know carefully think about if I wanted to use my money for this thing. And then she's like, like, "Yes, goddammit, let me get a Game Boy." <laughs> <laughs> by the way this is so a lifelong then, addiction so I got the money out and we went to the store and i got the game boy and picked two did games you get to, did you get the color that you wanted i had to compromise on the color because i didn't have the one that i wanted at the store <laughs> but we get off, uh, get off. <laughs> he, he just turned on sticky keys um, how dare you <laughs> he's sitting on my keyboard <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't sit on the shift bar uh yeah i got Jeez. the i got the uh the see-through purple one nice Ooh. My sister had the see-through purple one. I wanted the lime green one, but they didn't have it, so I got teal. But then at some point, I sold that. Like I traded it to GameStop, and mm-hmm. so. But in my in my adult days, with my money, I bought myself a lime green one because I can. <laughs> 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 You're like, take that child me. <laughs> yeah, take that child me. Take that Toys R Us in the nineties. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to compromise to get what I want. I can wait. Well, they were like, you can wait for a green one. And I was in my tiny child mind. I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> like I need instant gratification. I want to play Pokemon. Exactly. <laughs> I was like eight. <laughs> I mean, I still need instant gratification as an adult. Mm-hmm. That hasn't changed, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, that's the only problem with online shopping. I'm like, but I want it now. I want it. Yep. But then it's like, I want it now, but it'll come to my house in sometimes twenty less than 24 hours. So mm-hmm. That's fine. I can sometimes wait. Um, I talked about this. I talked about this. Oh, I've heard, I was I saw a lot of anecdotes. I was just um, this game released in two thousand seven, and it was really for for Nintendo DS, and then it was released on the Virtual Console in two thousand fifteen or two thousand sixteen, depending on the location that you live in. And I think the DS Lite came out in two thousand six, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe I read that. Did I read that? Well, I don't know. I'll fact check myself, and then if it's wrong, I'll delete it. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I read anecdotally, there were a lot of people commenting when I was, so like I, I like I finished the game, but I was looking at uh, videos to like listen to the music again to write notes. And a lot of people were commenting like, oh, this is my first Zelda game. This is my first Zelda game. So it seemed like a lot of people's first exposure, anecdotally at least, was to this game, which is pretty interesting. Hmm. That makes sense. And as you, as you said, everybody and their brother had a, a DS. popular so. handheld console, yeah. yeah. It was a popular handheld console with a popular uh ip right so yeah i am not surprised but i just thought that was interesting anyway now it's time to see lucy segue to kayla does according to my notes right. <laughs> <laughs> i was just thinking that we we spent we record these they're quite spaced out even they're released quite spaced out but also we record them and uh, there's a long time in between so we can play and i was like man it's really hard to continue to have like continuity jokes in this podcast because it takes so long in between recording but we haven't that has been one joke that has maintained continuity whether our listeners like it or not (laughs) (laughs) anyway it's time to see this segue to you we could probably do a um (laughs) 
It's been zero days since our last child dismemberment joke. They get oh, pretty yeah. close in these games. <laughs> yeah, this, these have tuned Link, so he's definitely, definitely a child. Definitely to children, at least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, you can do it. We're all counting on you. Every time they said we're all counting on you, I was like, just, I just want to tell you. I just want to tell you both good luck. Yeah. We're all counting on you. <laughs> Even even uh, Ciela is like, we're counting on you. We're counting on you. And it's like, oh my god, even mm-hmm. the fairy is counting on me. Mm-mm. No pressure. <laughs> like, I'm 12. <laughs> I just came here to get help for my friend who was turned to stone. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be involved in this nonsense, but that's the life that Link is cursed with. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the adventure that we're here to go on together, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway anyway <laughs> as Ellen said Phantom Agos is a direct sequel to Wind Waker and begins with Link still sailing around with Tetra and her pirate crew though he apparently ditched the King of Red Lions somewhere because he's just hanging out on the pirate ship with everybody else <laughs> so. didn't he go back to like the he was a ghost didn't because I thought he was still on the boat though at the end of the game yeah like, I guess non-possessed that's true. boat. <laughs> oh I guess that's true the boat becomes non-possessed mm-hmm. maybe he just left it on outset he was like, just kidding, I want it. Maybe it's stored in the, maybe it's like one of the, like a lifeboat for the, <laughs> for Tetra It's like strapped to the side. Like. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Mm-hmm. Just like the Titanic. <laughs> That's headcanon. That was not confirmed in this video game. I just like to clarify for everyone listening. <laughs> Grim future for Tetra's pirate ship. <laughs> <laughs> They seem to be fine based on the end of this game. <laughs> they weren't affected at all. They were like, wow, you guys passed out for 10 minutes. Yeah. What, what happened? So if any danger uh, should arise, I don't think that there'll be, there'll be a problem with them. They'll just <laughs> sail away. <laughs> they won't just ignore it. <laughs> they sail away. Yeah. Yeah. Like when danger rears its ugly head, <laughs> they'll bravely turn their tail and flee. I didn't think that far ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Can't sing that song in the in the present tense. <laughs> we don't need continuity jokes. We have great content. <laughs> anyway, sorry. You said you uh, didn't you say like one sentence of your <laughs> I said two. Ooh. Anyway, they seem to be taking a break from their quest for new lands to pursue rumors of a ghost ship, which naturally appears out of the fog right as they're discussing it. Tetra, being Tetra, eagerly jumps across to try and get to the bottom of this mystery, but as soon as she disappears into the depths of the ghost ship, ominous lightning strikes and a scream rings out. Link frantically tries to go after her, jumping across to grab onto the ghost ship's handrail as it begins to sail away again. But as the fog thickens and the pirate ship disappears behind him, Link loses his grip and plummets into the water. Sometime later, Link has again miraculously managed not to die of drowning or exposure, and is safely washed up on an island, where a fairy named Ciela wakes him up and asks what happened to him. Link is a little dazed at first, but he quickly snaps back to alertness with the memory of the ghost ship and what happened to Tetra. Ciela has heard a little about the ghost ship, but she offers to take Link to the man she calls Grandpa, who once saved her after she similarly washed ashore with no memories, saying that he'll know more about it. Ciela guides Link to the old man's house. He introduces himself as Oceus and warns Link against pursuing the ghost ship, telling him that pure evil fills its sails and that no one has ever escaped from it. But he can see that Link has no plans to give up, so he reluctantly directs him to the port at the edge of town to talk to a sailor named Linebeck who has also been asking around about the ghost ship. Ciela eagerly volunteers to go along and help Link find him, and Oceus gives one last warning about monster sightings in the area before the two head off. Linebeck isn't on his ship, but they eventually track him to the mysterious Temple of the Ocean King north of town, where he's gotten himself in a bit of trouble. 
The temple was built in honor of the Ocean King, the spirit watching over the local seas, but a curse was laid upon it, and it now drains the life from all who enter, and Linebeck has trapped himself inside. Classic Linebeck, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that Linebeck. <laughs> oh, Linebeck. <laughs> Getting himself into trouble for Link to get him out of. <laughs> <laughs> they help him out and ask about the ghost ship, and Linebeck sends them deeper into the temple to search out the clue to the ghost ship's location he was looking for when he got trapped. He'd normally go himself, of course, but he, uh, sprained his ankle. That's right. <laughs> Link finds a sea chart within, which they interpret with a little help from Oceus, and Linebeck, sensing treasure, is happy enough to ferry Link to the indicated island. Though he's a little less happy that Ciela is also coming along at Oceus's insistence. Oceus's. I mean, I definitely missed the last S in his name, so the whole game in my mind, he was like, he's Oshu. But Oshu's <laughs> makes me more sense. <laughs> They travel to the island and eventually journey through the temple at its heart to defeat the dark force haunting it. This releases both a fountain of shining golden sand and a red fairy that introduces itself as the Spirit of Courage, who is locked away with the Ocean King and wants to accompany Link to find out what happened to him and the other two spirits. With a clear goal now, they head back to the Temple of the Ocean King to find their next clue. Link is ready to rush right in, but Linebeck stops him. Not that he has any objections to Link risking life and limb instead of him, but he questions how Link can make it deeper into the temple while it continues to drain his energy. Fortunately, Oshis arrives with a solution. He directs Link to take the hourglass set in the altar above the temple's entrance, which is filled with golden sand. Oshis explains that Link's life force cannot be drained by the temple as long as sand remains in the top. He also explains that powerful monsters like the one Link just defeated hold more of this sand, and defeating more can grant him more time within the temple. With this new tool, they continue their search, finding clues within the temple and journeying through the dungeons they lead to, defeating the dark forces within. They free the spirit of wisdom without too much trouble, but when they find the spirit of courage, something seems odd. The fairy drifts listlessly through the air and doesn't speak. It also looks exactly like Ciela. No points for guessing this twist. <laughs> Oceus meets up with them outside the dungeon to reveal that, dun-dun-dun, Ciela is, in fact, the spirit of courage. No way. <laughs> Her memories and powers were locked away in the odd spirit they just freed, and Oceus helps to rejoin the two halves and restore Ciela to her true self. The other spirits greet her happily, and with their powers combined, they can now guide Link to the ghost ship. They chase it down and board the eerie vessel, where Linebeck very quickly opts to stay up on deck mm. while Link delves deeper in search of Tetra. He finds and defeats the dark creatures occupying the ship, but he finds that Tetra has been turned to stone. While Link frets over this, Oceus appears again to tell him that the evil of the ghost ship drained away Tetra's life force, and he finally settles in to explain the full story to Link. Oceus, in another shocking reveal, is actually the legendary Ocean King. What? <laughs> Yeah, the mysterious old guy with a name that sounds exactly like Ocean. Right. Not if you think his name is Oshu. <laughs> <laughs> Some time ago, he was attacked by an unfathomable evil known as Bellum, which drained his life force and trapped him within the Temple of the Ocean King. It used his power to create monsters and spread evil across the lands. With his strength greatly diminished, Osha split himself as Ciela had done in a last-ditch effort to escape. He created the hourglass so he could enter the temple and study his foe, waiting for an opportunity to strike back. He adds that the ghost ship was also a trick of Bellum, used to lure in people so he could drain their life force as well, and that Tetra, being such a bold and vibrant soul, was particularly irresistible to him. But Osha senses that Tetra is still alive, and if Link can defeat Bellum before his life force is fully depleted, he should be able to restore her. Linebeck, of course, zeroes in on the most important detail here, that if the ghost ship was just a trap made by Bellum, then there's no actual treasure to be found. Osha confirms this, and Linebeck throws a little temper tantrum, but he's convinced to keep helping Link on his journey when Oshis offers to grant him a wish when it's all over. So Oshis sends them all, including statue Tetris stowed safely below deck, off to see a blacksmith named Zaus, who supposedly knows how to defeat Bellum. When they meet him, Zaus explains that they need a special weapon in order to defeat Bellum, the Phantom Sword. 
Thaus is capable of forging this weapon, but he needs the three pure metals which were gifted to three tribes by the Ocean King long ago. So back they go into the depths of the temple to find more clues to seek out these three tribes. Link then finds and helps these tribes, and their leaders gift him with the pure metals, which he brings back to Zaus so he can forge the phantom sword. With the sacred blade in hand, Link descends into the depths of the temple one last time to face Bellum. After a long fight, and with the help of Ciela's fully awakened spirit powers, the beast seems to fall, and the temple begins to crumble around them. But fortunately, Oshis's power has started to return, and he is able to teleport Link and Ciela to safety on Linebeck's ship. Also fortunate, he is now able to return Tetra to normal. The two friends happily reunite, with Tetra saying that she was dreaming of Link's journey to save her while she was trapped. But this happiness is short-lived, as Bellum was only mostly dead. <laughs> he was very nearly dead. <laughs> His freaky eye tentacles drop down into the <laughs> ship and grab Tetra and drag her away again. And then he merges with the ghost ship to try and make his escape. Linebeck quickly takes the wheel to steer his ship after it, with Link manning the cannons to attack as they pursue. After a short chase, Bellum is driven from the ship, which begins to sink. Link and Linebeck climb aboard to find Tetra lying unconscious, but Bellum still isn't quite done. He emerges violently from the wreckage, smashing Linebeck's ship and grabbing both Tetra and Link up in his tentacles. The phantom sword flies from Link's hand and lands near Linebeck, who finally proves that there's a hero underneath all that cowardice by taking up the sword himself and striking out at Bellum, shaking in terror all the while. He did it. He did it. In a rage, Bellum drops the kids and turns his attention on Linebeck instead. Linebeck holds him off for a bit, but Bellum soon gets the upper hand. Linebeck throws the sword to Link as Bellum wraps him up, just before the creature takes control of his body, using him to attack Link. But with one last fight, Link is able to free Linebeck and finally defeat Bellum for good. With that task done, Oshis's power is fully restored, and he returns to his true form. Big ol' whale. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how it's described in the lore of the game. Yes. Actually, in the lore in the game, he's just suddenly a whale, and it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> But he's a whale. I realized with how many like giant whale spirits there were in the Zelda universe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> how many more? Well, this is okay. our second, and I know there's at least one more. Well, I mean, there's Javu. Yeah, it's like then you, if you count Javu, Javu fish. Uh, he's a giant whale fish. I mean, you go inside him like a whale. <laughs> As you do. Question. <laughs> I was thinking. <laughs> I didn't. I, I, what I meant was like Pinocchio. <laughs> But what, mm. what I said was <laughs> like a whale. <laughs> you know. Classic <laughs> multiple stories of going in whales, question mark. <laughs> Don't make me Wikipedia this. I will. <laughs> Didn't one of the saints or something do that? Like in, in Zelda or in... Or in like, <laughs> no, no, biblical, like... Uh, biblical. <laughs> yeah, biblical. Jonah like, is thrown Jonah, overboard yeah. and swallowed by a huge, a huge fish or whale. Yeah. <laughs> Are we still talking about? I don't know. Going you got to the end or... of the story. Can I? Fi I've got a couple <laughs> more can... sentences. <laughs> <laughs> please, please. Change the the game doesn't end with oh. him just turning into a whale, and then it smash cuts to the end. <laughs> please, please. <laughs> change the subject from going inside whales. <laughs> anyway, Osha's the big old whale. Thanks everyone for their efforts. <laughs> and then asked Linebeck for his wish that he promised him. But instead of treasure, and much to Ciela's shock, all Linebeck wants is his old ship back so he can keep sailing the seas. I did love the scene where it's like mm -hmm. Lincoln or Ciela is like, Grandpa, and then Linebeck is like, my ship, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oshis then has one last bombshell to drop. They're actually in an alternate world right now, the world of the Ocean King, and had been drawn in by the ghost ship. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> 
Ciela, who must remain in this world with her king, shares an emotional goodbye with Link, and then Link, Tetra, and Linebeck are all sent back, only minutes after they first disappeared, to continue sailing their own seas. The end. Yay. I have questions about the alternate world thing. Don't ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> it was all a dream. <laughs> Maybe the Ocean King is actually... <laughs> oh my god, god Good lord. <laughs> oh my god, I'm sorry. Y'all are falling apart oh. today. Actually, I'm also coughing, yeah. so like we're all falling apart today. <laughs> On top of just the usual craziness, apparently. Maybe Oceus is a windfish. That's what I was just gonna say, yeah. but I was trying to remember what the windfish was called for a second. So, yeah. Maybe Oceus is a windfish. Or maybe the windfish is also Oceus. <laughs> he could have had a name... The windfish didn't give a name. It's just like, I am the windfish. But is that a name? I don't know. It seems more of like a category of being. It's like a title mm. of royalty. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe in this reality or or timeline, depending on where this fits in the official timeline, this is like a, a the same windfish or another windfish. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but I did like at the end, they're just like, and now you're back going back to your world. I was like, what? I yeah. thought we were like literally <laughs> here in, in this world this whole time, but okay. Yeah. It does make sense as to uh, why it doesn't share any commonalities with uh, Wind Waker land. I guess that's true. A... Yeah. That's true. I figured like before the reveal, I figured, you know, they were just, you know, they were out on a journey to find new lands and this was just yeah. some of the new lands they found. But Yeah. I just thought that this was just like, um, it was the Majora's ocean mask. a little bit north of the map we've got or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You could say whatever you wanted, but instead Nintendo decided that it's a, a we're in an alternate reality, which is fine. <laughs> yeah. So I was talking about this with Ellen a little bit before we recorded, but so Link and Tetra got swept in to the alternate world pursuing the ghost ship. So that makes sense enough. Mm-hmm. That Linebeck is apparently also from their world because he's he sent, sent back, back out at the end. So you can say, okay, he was also pursuing the ghost ship because he wanted treasure. But then he's got his, like, uh, crazy ex-girlfriend who's chasing him down. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they seem to have known each other for a while. So it's not like he met her there. <laughs> well, I mean, she sails to the end of the world to, like, to follow him. So she Yeah, probably... like, so maybe she followed him. So I can understand that. But then she's got, like, a sister who just kind of lives there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I think she's a mermaid. Um, but then you could say the same thing about all the other NPCs. Like, <laughs> don't ask questions. Maybe she doesn't really have a sister. Maybe the Maybe. sister is made up. Maybe right. the NPCs are like all created by Oshu, aka the Windfish. That because what happened at the end of um, Link's Awakening? Like he wakes up alone, right? So yeah, the whole island disappears. The whole and island he wakes disappears. Up on the wreckage of his yeah. boat. Yeah. So like, couldn't it all have been in the dream? Maybe Linebeck, maybe Jolene isn't real either. Maybe, maybe, maybe Oshu wouldn't invent like a, <laughs> like a vengeful ex-lover for Linebeck to like help him become a better person. I don't know. <laughs> maybe Linebeck's been there so long that he had an he ex, an made her crazy, and then. <laughs> I buy it. Yeah, because Linebeck. It's not like it's not like he's there at the beginning of the story, like when the in the inciting incident of the story, mm-hmm. you meet him on the island. So he was there, I guess, at a different time somehow. Yeah, I guess he could have followed the ghost ship in like years ago. Yeah, <laughs> so long ago that he has a crazy ex girlfriend. <laughs> he's got a whole backstory in this alternate world. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she's not even real. <laughs> Maybe none of it's real. <laughs> 
He just he wakes up on his ship and is like, wow, that was a crazy dream. <laughs> I don't know. All good questions. <laughs> yeah. Questions that we're not, we but don't like, need to know yeah. the answer to. Like mild spoilers, <laughs> he has a descendant in the next game. So he obviously like stays he's in a- this world and is real. So <laughs> I think he's real. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about Jolene though. Mm-hmm. She seems <laughs> like questionable. a. She seems like an NPC. <laughs> created by a created by Oshis. <laughs> He's just like you know it'd be funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then her sister describes her also as like cosplaying as a pirate. I don't know if it's like literal or it, like she's really a pirate like lineback. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But in the letter, in the I don't remember if it's in the sister's dialogue or like the letter. But she's like, oh my sister, she loved dressing up as a pirate. It's like she almost <laughs> killed me. So like, is she a pirate <laughs> or not? <laughs> Questions. I was gonna say she has a ship and she. Decent with a sword, so that's like. Well, her sister has a tail, 70%. so. It's like it's at least seventy yeah. percent on your way to being a pirate. I think. There's like maybe she just resents like how uh, she keeps being like being told that you're cosplaying as a mermaid. It's like, well, you're cosplaying as a pirate, pirate. so there. Yeah, yeah. maybe. <laughs> maybe she's trying to. Um, I don't remember the sister's name. Do you, do either of you remember? Jo- Joanne or Joanna? Or oh, something. I think it is Joanne. Something like that. Yeah. But anyway, whatever. Yeah. So she's just jealous of Jolene. Is that what you're saying? awesome oh yeah God. it makes as much sense as jolene not being real so <laughs> <laughs> it all makes sense is what i'm trying to say <laughs> i could have done without jolene but i did think that her sister as an npc was really funny like the inclusion of her as a another npc was funny i like jolene just for the fact that lineback hides in a box and makes you fire yeah <laughs> He's like, she was back. Anyway, here you go. Here's 10 bucks. <laughs> like, what? <Yeah. laughs> You're like, I was fighting like at the for end my when life. She's like trying to like, when she's like trying to give you encouraging words or whatever. And then she's like, you in the box. Also listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's like, oh, I guess I'll have to settle for fighting you again. Mm-hmm. I think we were also talking before we started recording about the note because we were talking about the signature, mm-hmm. the like how you have to sign. Yeah. And um and her I was like, Yeah, how come I have to sign for this death threat? <laughs> like <laughs> the last note that she sends is like, Meet me out at sea and it's like, Okay, <laughs> I guess. And then at the end of the dialogue the male guy's like, sign for this. I'm like, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like Jillian wanted to package tracking and confirm delivery on that death threat. Yeah, she needed a confirmation <laughs> Make sure you on got her it. death threat. <laughs> she needs to know that her message has been received. <laughs> Linebeck. <laughs> he is a fun character. I don't know what I meant in my notes, but the first thing that my first note says, save Linebeck, lol. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know that you save him at the beginning. <laughs> but like, kind of kind of constantly throughout the whole game. Yeah. <laughs> until the end where he stabs Bellum in that one scene at the, during mm-hmm. the at last fight. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know. Linebeck is just a whole lol. Lol. It's just like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> You mentioned it a little bit in your summary, but I really loved the cutscenes <laughs> in this game. It has like the best cutscenes <laughs> of probably any game. At least it in has terms really of, like, good comedy. comedic timing. They're like yes. multiple really like laugh out it's loud excellent. moments. Excellent timing. Like... And things that I didn't expect because Zelda. So we just played Phant- um, Phantom uh, Twilight Princess. Yes. <laughs> so Twilight Princess is like the exact opposite of this game. It's <laughs> yeah. like in pretty much every way but particularly in that way because everything is like super serious everybody is Mm. like everything the world is you know like in this crisis in the game like uh like Mm -hmm. multiple worlds are in crisis actually in the game that you have to like make everything right right because the twilight is also fucked up so so 
there's a lot of pressure in the story. In this game, I mean, like the pressure comes from your your from Tetra being turned to stone, but like there's a lot of opportunity for comedy because of mm-hmm. the characters, and so in the background in a, like a lot of scenes, like the scene I sent it to our our chat when we were preparing, where uh, Tetra's turned to stone and Linebeck like drops her in the background and stuff. Oh, it's yeah. so funny. <laughs> it's, like, I was like, dying. Just, like leaning leaning on her while he's like listening to all the like serious like lures and dialogue, and, and it, then he like knocks her over and he like looks frantically back and forth and then he like picks her back up and he's like dusting her off. The greatest mm-hmm. thing about it is like, and then it's like programmed. as like turns around, he like acts totally casual. <laughs> that, so some of the scenes just like kept going. There was one that I wanted to send you, but it like it the animation stopped before I could take a, a video or, or a photo. But in that scene in particular, they actually took care to like the his movements are like um, animated in a loop, and then it doesn't mm-hmm. progress until you advance the dialogue box. So there's mm-hmm. like three or four different scenes happening yeah. in the background where he's like leaning on her, and then trying to catch her and then he looks around awkwardly whatever it's really really funny it's so good and there were mm-hmm. a bunch of other cut scenes but that one was one of the funniest ones i thought it's a part i like remember distinctly even after i hadn't played this game in years <laughs> i was like i can't wait for that like, funny uh, cut scene <laughs> that time where linebacker drops I also like the, tetra yeah <laughs> but also like the um like where they were playing with the little uh the jingle and like Link gets an item and holds it over his head like in the beginning when like Linebeck shakes him for a while and he's all dizzy and yeah. then he like he's like staggering around as he holds up the key. Yes. <laughs> and then when he goes to yes. like hold up the uh the hourglass and Osius like snags it right away and it cuts the jingle short. <laughs> yes. All of those are all perfect. <laughs> Every single one of those times was perfect. I was just yeah. looking at my phone to see if I took any other photos of any of them. But yes, all the ones <laughs> Yeah. I also liked when Tetra's like turning back to normal and Linebeck just like bodily picks Link up to carry him over to there. Oh, well, <laughs> also like, that scene has when Osha's is like transporting him out of the dungeon, he falls in like slow motion, which is really funny at the beginning yeah. too. <laughs> I don't think any Zelda cutscenes that we had so far had slow mo that I can remember off the yeah. top of my head. <laughs> at least not comedic slow mo for sure. Yeah, that one was really funny. There was a whole there's like credits for the cutscenes and like the cutscene direction so mm. i don't i'm not surprised that there was actually there's like a kind of like a substantial amount of direction i guess is what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i think this being a like direct sequel to wind waker and in that style worked really well for that because they were able to translate the wind waker style pretty well into the yeah. you know, much simpler hardware and so like the characters are still mm-hmm. really expressive and it works really well in the cutscenes and everything mm-hmm. and also just like i think like this is still, like, a cartridge-based game. Like, I don't think that DS games had, like, a ton of memory. So, like, it, I feel like in terms of, like, content within the game, like, you can tell it's not a super long game. It's, like, maybe, like, five to seven hours of play, depending on how you play it. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe a little more than that. But it's not more than, like, ten. Mm-hmm. Um, it took me a while. But, I mean, even then, it was probably, like, every dungeon was probably, like, an hour or less. And, like, yeah. every kind of, like, thing in between. So... I think, like, the cutscenes were used to, like, add additional sort of, like, content and story in the game, which is mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, I guess cutscenes are normally used to add story in a game, but, like, in this <laughs> game in particular, yeah. like, it adds a lot of character to the game that I think, like, wouldn't yeah. necessarily be there. Yeah. So it kind of, like, offsets the amount of playtime in the game with with these, like, I don't know, kind of enhances it without adding more playtime, which is nice, is, mm-hmm. I guess, what I'm trying to say. 
Yeah. Yeah. Although this game does have another mode, which we, I don't know if we're going to talk about it very much because I definitely didn't play it. And then today I was like, oh, I need <laughs> to check out what that was. But it's, there's like a Wi-Fi mode as well. So there, there is additional like content that's not in the main story content in the game. Mm-hmm. So there's also that to consider, I guess, too. But anyway, I did love the cutscenes. Regarding yeah. the story, I love the cutscenes <laughs> mm-hmm. so much. Everything about them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the characters were all really fun. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we got Wind Waker, Link, and Tetra back, who, you know, yeah. we've already talked about them being, like, really fun versions of their of, of Link and Zelda. So. Mm-hmm. And Linebeck's a really fun, uh, like, uh, companion character, sort yes. of. Yeah, he's the Johnny Depp of Legend of Zelda. Yeah, basically. <laughs> he's the Captain Jack of Legend of Zelda. <laughs> yeah. No, I stand by what I said the first time. Like, he's the, the Johnny worst Depp pirate of... I've ever heard of. And he's like, but you have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I stand by what I said. <laughs> and now we already talked about Jolene, who is also hilarious. A good. Yeah. And she, I mean, like, there's like a long cutscene where Lineback talks about his relationship with her. Like, there's actually, like, mm-hmm. sort of developed backstory for her. Like, it's yeah. obvious that she's, like, a jilted lover, but it's, like, expanded on in the in the cutscene, mm-hmm. too. So, so like, yeah, you he, wouldn't like, necessarily need that. Yeah, he, her, and, and then they, like, hung out for a while, but, like, <laughs> she lived too dangerous a life for him, so he just, like, left. <laughs> yeah, he just, like, uh, like, I don't know, just, like, peaced out without telling yeah. her or whatever. <laughs> And he's like, I stole a treasure and left, and I don't know why she's so angry. Wasn't that big yeah. of a treasure? And so I was like, you're an idiot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so there's like, so yeah, even this like one NPC gets like mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> expanded on backstory, which is really funny. And then like her sister is a character too, so we know that she has a sister. Mm-hmm. And we we'd already joked about what her relationship was like with her sister, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The other NPCs, there's like the um, like the fortune teller and the fortune teller's assistant. Like there's other mm-hmm. characters that kind of have like have relationships in the mm-hmm. game. So there's a good kind of like world built up in the game. Some of them are like, okay, I'm gonna go to the the bomb guy to get the cannon or whatever. Like it, like yeah. some are some are still NPC esque, but like some of them have like connections with other NPCs. So it's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's interesting enough to keep you entertained in between going yeah. to dungeons <laughs> yeah yeah they have fun dialogue like the guy who wants to just eat cheese and hang out <laughs> that guy is right yes <laughs> <laughs> then there's like the whole um there's that whole like the beginning of the ice temple place where there's like this guy from the other side i oh, can't yeah. remember there's the yooks in the anukis or whatever and I can't remember mm-hmm. which one is on which side. I think the Anukis are the ones, the good ones, and the Yooks are the bad ones or whatever. I don't remember. But, like, mm-hmm. there's the one that's, like, hiding, and you're supposed to figure out which one is the one that's, like, impersonating the other. Yeah, the you can play a little, like, logic game. <laughs> yeah. It's like, one of us always lies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so there's a lot of, like, little interesting sort of, like, gimmicks in between the dungeons as well, which is nice. Mm-hmm. And you have to you have to like catch Jolene's sister to like trigger some some things to happen too. So like you have yeah. to interact with them. You have to interact with a lot of the NPCs. Oh, and there's a couple. Sorry, I just like slammed my desk. Hold on, because <laughs> it kind of annoyed me. There's a couple where it's like you have to go introduce yourself to every Goron. I was like, fuck you, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah, want to yeah. do that. <laughs> but it is funny. So you go and like talk to all of them, and they're all like, to play Hi, a you. stupid dancing mini game. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like if you go around, make me dance. Every Goron place is annoying. <laughs> Fuck you. 
No, you just have to introduce yourself. Mm-hmm. And then they gave you a nickname at the end. Goro yeah, of Link. Of course. This is the Gorons do. Yeah. And they're like the little bratty Goron. It's like, it's like, well, I don't Follow think you're, me. you're as good. So there. <laughs> you're like, okay, <laughs> yeah. thanks. Yeah, it was kind of fun with the little like dual control thing in that dungeon though. Right. I thought mm-hmm. the dungeons had really good mechanics, this game. Yeah. I don't know if we need to start talking about that, but I thought that they were all very interesting. Mm-hmm. One thing I really liked that is still in my section um, was, like, <laughs> most of the bosses were, like, dual use the two screens really interestingly. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. like, they had some kind of, like, first of all, they just, like, looked pretty visually impressive for the DS because they, like, take place across the two screens and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was pretty rad. But they have something where, like, something's happening on the top screen that you need to pay attention to and... Like, there's the guy where you have to, like, link the three parts together in the right order, and then there's one where you have to, like, mm. shoot something up in the right, with the right timing to hit the guy on the top screen. And... There, our favorite enemy, Gleok, was back mm-hmm. as a boss. <laughs> and I was like, yay, it's Gleok! And then I was like, oh, I can't do this fast enough. But you have to, like, hit, you, like, bounce the one side's thing at the other side's head mm-hmm. or whatever. The other, the one head's attack at the other head. Is what yeah. you're supposed to do. That's that's mm-hmm. that's the right way to describe it. Those yeah. are the words I need to put in the right order. <laughs> yeah, but yeah that was the, cool. The twin rova thing. Yes, yes, you do the twin rova thing. Mm. What? They've never used that mechanic at all. None of these mechanics are the same <laughs> as other video games. Definitely not even Bellum. He's definitely <laughs> completely new. All the mechanics are completely. I'm joking because like uh, Bellum has that like Argus like thing where you have to pull the goop off and then you can attack him Mm -hmm. oh yeah and you shoot all the eyes on his body which is classic what eyes (laughs) yeah (laughs) no (laughs) that's a completely new mechanic what are you even talking about i thought the um the back screen the back when you have to fight possess line back line back Mm -hmm. is the most interesting use of the top screen because you see the back of line back you can see when the eyes open Mm -hmm. and then you can also see yourself running around which is really hilarious i don't know how they like did that but like yeah you can see when time is paused you can see yourself running around which is cool Mm -hmm. in the top screen at the same time tell me your secrets nintendo how did you do it (laughs) for non-boss enemies i think the most notable ones would be the phantoms that are in the uh, yeah yeah temple of the ocean king we were kind of forced stealth for a while but then you get the satisfaction of getting to kill them all when you get the phantom sword at the end which is always fun Mm-hmm. I'm just like, hiya! Hiya! Yeah. Come at me, bitches! <laughs> they were kind of fun, though. I didn't really mind the, the stealth aspect because it's not like an insta-lose if they spot you. You just have to, like, get... Yeah. No, you can still run away. Yeah. Even the ones that were, like, the gold ones where Cielo's like, whoa, they'll teleport to you. It's like, they still, like, take their sweet-ass time teleporting mm-hmm. to you. You can still yeah. run pretty... You can get pretty far to get away from them. Mm-hmm. They definitely attacked me multiple times. I'm not saying yeah. that that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot of them you can stealth and you can blow up the little eyes and you can like do a bunch of other stuff. So mm-hmm. you can stun them. Yeah. So you have a lot of options. But yeah, you're right. I think that I wasn't expecting that to happen where like the fight would take up two screens. That was pretty mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Maybe because I didn't play enough DS games in my <laughs> youth, but... And also, all the rest of the game uses basically the map is like on the top ninety percent mm-hmm. of the time, unless you're drawing on the map or like interacting with the map. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was cool. I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. As always, Nintendo is the best at using their gimmicks. So. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they should be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I heard somebody from another department was like, "Use the microphone. <laughs> There's more stuff <laughs> yeah. here." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I 
didn't even know that the DS had a microphone. What? I did because I played Phoenix um, Wright, Ace Attorney, and you can shout objection. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> you weren't yelling for Pokemon, obviously. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> I knew the DS had a microphone, although I was started playing this game on the 3DS because of because I had to fix my DS case. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, I didn't know where the microphone was on the 3DS because I had never used the microphone. So I was like, where the fuck is it? <laughs> Also, it was, like, in an airport, so I just, like, flicked the case so that it would register noise. <laughs> oh, yeah, I would just blow into the microphone when I needed to that, use the microphone. It's like, even when it's, like, shout exactly. really loud, you can just, like, blow into the microphone and it'll usually register as a loud shout. <laughs> yes. There yeah. was one where you had to actually do I had to do it closer to the microphone. I had to blow into it closer to the microphone or something mm-hmm. or do something different because it didn't work the first time. Also, they brought the Pulse voice back and we were able to actually use voice again to fight it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I I was like, oh, this what's this giant weird rabbit? Is that a Pole's voice? <laughs> that it was. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, exciting! Because I think we talked about this a long time ago. But the I think the Famicom had a microphone. Mm-hmm. So oh. you remember the Pole's voice from probably not the original Legend of Zelda. Probably the maybe it was the Super was Famicom the that had a microphone. I think it was the original. Maybe it was. Yeah. And basically, the only way that you could attack them without a microphone was arrows. So you had to have a bow and arrow before you could mm-hmm. attack them. Yeah, it's like and they so, change, yeah they changed their weakness because this the NES didn't have a microphone. Didn't have a microphone. But they kept the, but they kept the like hint that you needed to use the microphone the same in the What's game. So. Exactly, exactly. So so yeah, so they brought that back in this game because it has a microphone, which is mm-hmm. amazing. Mm. And then the other gimmick was well, like so I mean there's a lot of like all the controls with the stylus, but there's the yeah. one puzzle where you have to fold the. DS closed. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. And so I was reading, because as I do, I was reading the technical architecture summary that um, Rodrigo Copetti writes every time, because I read them every time mm-hmm. now, except <laughs> he hasn't done more recent consoles, so I think I'm running out. I think this might be the last one. I forget. Anyway, but like, <laughs> I was trying to read it because I was like, I wonder what like sensor they used to tell that the hinge was closed. Also, I was thinking about it because I had put take my, take my apart and put a new shell on, and I didn't remember seeing an extra like sensor for that. So apparently, I learned this is interesting. The, there's a magnetic sensor. There's like a magnet um, in the A, the A, B, X, Y button area. And then, you know, speakers Ooh. all have magnets. So hmm. when you close and the speaker touches it, that's how it knows. So you can test it by oh. like waving a little magnet above the A, B, X, Y buttons, just like a fridge magnet. Hmm. Yeah. So I learned. I thought that was interesting. I was like, well, there must cool. be another like pressure sensor or something. Simple but no, no, brilliant. it just uses a magnet. <laughs> I know. Crazy how they like engineered this console mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> but yeah that's pretty cool so that was something new i learned so it has uh the 2ds or the ds 2ds well the ds the ds and the ds lighter whatever it has two screens that has a microphone input as we talked about has two speakers uh microphone it has a headphone jack and then it has this like magnetic sensor also mm. and it also had wi-fi which you could use for the mm-hmm. like um local play for like the multiplayer mode the like battle mode mm. It's kind of an interesting console. But yeah, so anyway, so I was also used to the puzzle, oh. which was cool. Mm-hmm. The, was the battle mode something where you could, like, one of you played as a phantom? Yeah. One of, so the uh, way that it works, yeah. I didn't I didn't play this because um, nobody else in my local Wi-Fi area had an extra cartridge. Yeah. <laughs> I think Mike does have a DS. We probably could have played it if I got another <laughs> cartridge. Well, actually, I guess you can probably do local play. Because the DS also had a thing that where you could like transfer a game like temporarily to another person's console. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
but I haven't done that in a long ass time, so I don't remember how to do that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if this game supports it. Yeah, I remember there was a couple games, and like you could mm-hmm. with Pokemon, you could go visit people's secret bases in Pearl and Diamond, yeah! which I enjoyed oh. a lot. I think you both had to have the oh, yeah. game though. Yeah. Okay. That so the way that the yeah. game, the way that the mm-hmm. battle mode worked, as I observed slash read because I didn't play it myself, is that you it's one on one, so there, it's not like multiplayer. It's just one v one and. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a capture the flag kind of game. So there are these levels that are very similar to the like ocean temple. And then there are spirit gems or whatever they're called. And you have to pick them up. Force gems. I think whoever picks them up. Force right. gems. <laughs> force gems? I thought you meant like yeah. Star Wars for a second. And I was really confused. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there are force gems. And then you, I think whoever picks up the most at the end of the rounds wins. But uh, you switch. So one, sometimes you're picking up the gems in your link, and then sometimes you're, you, the other player controls three different phantoms in the room to try to intercept you and keep you from collecting the, the force gems. So that's how you play. And then the levels have like different layouts that make it, that give different advantages or whatever. And there's like safe areas where, so like you can see, I think if you're playing the phantoms, you can see Link on like the map from, a, oops, on the map from above. And if you're playing as Link, then you see the room. If that makes sense. Oh. I said I found a video. I can send it to you, to y'all, if you want to see it, of, of someone playing it. So when the person is in a safe zone, when the Link player is in a safe zone, then the person playing the Phantoms can't see them. So yeah. it kind of gives them a little bit of advantage to hide for a second, basically. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was pretty interesting. Apparently, um, I said this game had good critical reception because people liked the the main game and all the different controls. But I I think some some apparently what I read was that some critics were not super happy with the online play, which is kind of weird because it was fucking like two thousand seven. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seemed like a reasonable game to me, <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> hot takes. All my hot takes were like, it's good. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I think it's weird when people like take away points for like an add on anyway. Yeah. <laughs> also, like Nintendo, Nintendo it's never has good feature. online if you don't like shit. It, no harm, no foul. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I like I love Nintendo with all my heart. I'm saying this with the the out of with the most love fond love for Nintendo in my heart. But like they don't fucking know how to They're do online, online anything. Yeah. It's so crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Every yeah. time they do an online thing, it's like, how did you think that this was like something that makes sense? Like it's mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's not surprising. It's just, to me at least. I never expect to have a good online experience with nintendo i just mm-hmm. go in with that expectation yeah. and when it yeah, does work it's like magic experience is a really good online experience for nintendo so. like yeah exactly like mm-hmm. when they started doing online for like um the newer mario karts like mario kart 7 mm-hmm. mario the whatever mario kart 8 or whatever for switch and it just like yeah. works online and you can like play with other people who are your friends it's like wow you did it you did made an online yeah. experience that just works but then mm-hmm. when i had to transfer my fucking you have to download an actual app to transfer your memory for your fucking Animal Crossing island from one console to another, like, don't Yo. even get me started. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I love Nintendo, but it's just like, yeah, the, you can't compare them to like other online experiences because it's just like it's just not what they do. Like, I don't really yeah, get it's it. It's not but... their priority. Yeah. No, and the main game is really fun. So don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, I don't know. I don't think. I guess critics are looking to evaluate things critically, but it's like mm-hmm. I don't know. It's Nintendo. You have to look at it with your Nintendo lens, I feel like, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't do very much online play, so it's never bothered me. But yeah, if that's your yeah. priority, Nintendo's not your system. <laughs> well, let's say, like, if you also compare the DS to a PSP, which was probably, like, the competitor at the time, right? Because that was, like, 2007, mm-hmm. yeah. 2008 or whatever. So 
okay, but like the PSP doesn't have a stylus. I don't even know if it has a microphone. Like, I like it has. I don't know. Like, it's not. It's just it doesn't have two screens. It's a completely different experience, and so people are sort mm-hmm. of comparing when you compare Nintendo to like another consoles like apples and oranges. Like, they're not yeah. really the same. I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting, mm-hmm. but. Whatever. Listen. Yeah, Nintendo's just always kind of doing its own thing. It's not really trying to mm-hmm. compete in the same way that, like, Microsoft and Sony are. Yeah. No, I think they're just like, what would be fun in this console? Like, instead of, because they, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, like, we took, like, the SP, like, the Game Boy Advance SP. That was a good model. People like flips, flip things. Mm-hmm. Like, clamshells are popular. Okay, like, what can we do to clamshells? What if we give it to, listen, what if we give it mm-hmm. two screens? No, wait, what if we make one of them a touch screen? And then everybody was probably mm-hmm. like, this is the best idea we've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like Nintendo brainstorming meetings are just like, you know what would be neat? You know what would be cool? Mm-hmm. If like, we I feel had, like that's like, where most console? of their things start with, is you know what would be yeah. neat. <laughs> what if we put the console on, like, a shelf, and then you can, like, carry a little screen over to your couch, and, like, you can play with it on your couch or you can use it on your tv or like you can take it out of your house or we could make a little like another version of it that you can't plug into a tv it's the greatest thing we've ever done we've got a great idea for an update let's put in an oled screen that'll make it the best console ever (laughs) again i'm saying this with all the love and my heart for nintendo because it's just but it's just like it's not their their priority is not i mean i think like this with the switch is different because i think like online is sort of like a default like experience now at least at the Mm -hmm. time the switch came out but for like the ds times like people were still like just remember that the when the ds was invented the smartphone hadn't yet been invented so like jesus christ what the fuck yeah you you don't remember that (laughs) smart the I mean, first well i mean i guess there was probably like um blackberries i might be speaking out of turn on that but like the uh, iphone wasn't invented that's yet. not really a smart yeah <laughs> that's uh, i'm holding my hands up phone. like <laughs> there were phones with internet access existed <laughs> this console came out before wi-fi was like ubiquitous is what i'm trying to say <laughs> so there was like local wi-fi but like their online play like wasn't a big thing i guess is what i'm mm-hmm. trying to say even yeah. the DSi probably came out in like 2008 or whatever, and I'm pretty sure the first iPhone came out in 2008. So like, that was I think when online being able to connect to places um, was like more. I don't know. People yeah. valued it more, and it grew to expect it more. So anyway, yeah. I don't remember why we went on technology around, but I think that was what I think that was why. <laughs> well, because people were talking <laughs> yeah, about the, the Wi-Fi. Oh yeah, they were like the Wi-Fi Play is not very good. It was like well, so. Like, I don't... This is yeah. a Zelda game. It's, it's not, like... like were you like, expecting it to be? <laughs> apparently, this game started... Supposedly, I read that this game started as development for a new Four Swords adventure. Or, yeah, Four Swords adventures. But I don't... I mean, so maybe they kept part of that play for the battle mode. But, like, this is a completely different thing. It has, like, a full story that's a single-player yeah. mode. That's, like, the substantial portion of the cartridge. Like, yeah. the Yeah, so anyway, whatever. <laughs> anyway what i'm trying to say is the ds was a really cool console mm-hmm. and i said this right before we started but i feel like i was really sleeping on how good of a console it was like mm-hmm. playing even just playing like pokemon there's not a lot of like special techniques other than screaming supposedly mm-hmm. to catch pokemon mm-hmm. better 
like as far as i remember i don't think you use the stylus or whatever very much you could use it for like uh switching your like team and items around on the bottom screen which was handy but it was never anything like super intensive like for pokemon this game is like you are required to use the stylus Mm -hmm. and at first i was like man i just want to use the buttons but Mm -hmm. it ended up being really fun after i got used to it and actually really enjoyed it and i thought it was very refreshing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i think i actually like the like all stylus all the time than the like half and half that some games did because like mm. half the time it's like you're trying to hold the stylus and press the buttons or you put the stylus down mm-hmm. and you have to pick it back up and yep. yeah all kinds of things yeah. this time it's just you hold the console in one hand you hold the stylus in the other and you go to town and like, the buttons are disabled and you, if you touch them nothing happens which is crazy yeah. except for the you can use the arrow yeah, sometimes button. you would like accidentally touch the screen when you're trying to press something or you'd hit a button while you're yeah. trying to draw and yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, as a left-handed person, especially like a lot of games that were dual, like where you wanted to use one hand for buttons and the other hand for the stylus, it would be optimized for right-handed people. So that always sucked for me. So mm-hmm. they, this game asks you at the beginning if you're left-handed. So does it switch the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm not talking about this game. I know. I'm just like, interested. Like, uh, yeah. So how do you move the map? Yeah. Do you use the A B X Y button to bring the map down, or did you just tap the uh, map button? Mostly I just tapped it, but yeah, I could use the ABXY buttons. Because if you are right-handed, you can use the arrow keys on the left. Like, you can use the yeah. D-pad, and it'll move it down. Yeah. Move the map down so you can draw on it or interact with it or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. That's yeah, so it basically does the same thing, but on the on the yeah the ABXY buttons. Cool. So they adapted it, which yeah. is nice. And then moves the dialogues over mm-hmm. to the other yeah, side. That's cool. Yeah, it was fun. I think all this, all the, like, drawing on the screen stuff was fun, too, like... It was like, I don't think any of the puzzles were like really complicated, but you kind of felt smart because you're like taking notes and <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, making yeah. notes on the map, the map and stuff. And, mm-hmm. It's yeah. fun. It's like, oh, this you have to press the second switch first, and then this one, and then you like label them. And the the only one that bothered me is where you had to like make that X on the island because I made it. And like I was like, okay, well, it could exactly be literally anywhere in this entire like, and like <laughs> I I like got through the whole thing. I'm like, what the fuck. And then I looked up, uh, I looked up a guide on how to do it. And I'm like, oh, it's like this one, like I went yeah, everywhere like one past this, but like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I just need to move one square to the left and then, you know, it was by that tree and everything. And the... Yeah. But yeah. Um, otherwise, yeah, I did, I did like a lot of the other maps, uh, the, the map puzzles where you had to find things on. I was just like, well, this is where my cross intersects, but it's probably by this tree. Cause that seems <laughs> like a place that a Zelda game would put mm-hmm. something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Our knowledge of Zelda games has now helping us because there was like very little time that I needed to look anything up. Like I looked up who the who the uh, imposter was on the ice island because I just didn't want to waste time because I was mm. trying to finish it. I didn't really care that much. But most of the other puzzles were just like, yeah, you read it, you read a tablet, and it's like, okay, this one first, this one second, or whatever, and it's very easy to yeah. see. It is like, or sometimes like the puzzle is easy to figure out what you need to do, but then sometimes there's like. Like, um, there's that one temple where there's, like, four, like, pillars, and you, I think it's in the Ocean Temple, actually, where there's these, like, four things that you have to hit or something in a specific order, I can't remember exactly, but then you have to make sure that there's, the phantom's not there, or, like, you have to trigger a bridge, or you have to, like, um, hit something else before you can do it or whatever, like, so sometimes, like, the, what you need to do is very clear, but then, like, the way that you go about preparing the area for being able to do it can be the challenge and stuff. So mm-hmm. there's, yeah, there's a lot of like interesting tactics because of the, um, cause you have to stealth a lot. And then because of the like DS itself. So like the way that you can draw or whatever. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, like, I think this is might be the easiest game we've played so far, but, like, yeah. Like, I don't mean that as a criticism. It was fun to play. Like, mm-hmm. I never had to yeah, stop yeah. and look up something stupid. And There was no required trading sequence. And, like, I was never like, this is boring because it's easy. It's mm-hmm. just, it was just fun and breezy to play. Like, you just sit there yeah. for a while with your stylus. And... and then when you want to fight something, you just, like, stab your screen over and over again. It's like, mm-hmm. is this good for my console? Yeah. Oh, well, I guess it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the stylus controls are really good for some of the weapons too, like the boomerang. Yeah, and stuff. they're really like, good. Yeah, they've yeah, never yeah. controlled better than with this touchscreen mm-hmm. control. I like the grappling hook because it has two functions as well. So like, it doesn't just like mm-hmm. pull you or like pull something to you. It, you can also make the thing where you like f- like it's like a what's it called? Like a slingshot, yeah, or a tight tightrope. It's all those oh, things. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. yeah, mm-hmm. like a like you can fling yourself. So there's that one dungeon where you have to you cross it and then you stand back up and then you like fling yourself across far Mm -hmm. distances and then like Mm -hmm. i think that's the same dungeon where you get it because then when you fight and then you fight uh gliok and it it bounces the stuff off Mm -hmm. and so you can like pull things or bounce things or climb on it which is pretty Mm -hmm. cool yeah it has all those things so even like old old weapons came back in a way that made them like more interesting like the bomb shoes you mm-hmm. draw the path instead of just like releasing mm-hmm. it to be free yeah. to, to go wherever <laughs> it's gonna go <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. oh and the hammer is like yeah, all the... whack you can like oh, yeah. control yeah and you can like hold down longer and it makes the hammer bigger that was fun mm-hmm. and it had some of those classic yeah. like make all the colors the same puzzles like from really old mm-hmm. zelda games which yeah, is cool. yeah 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 and the um the ocean navigation was cool too with the where you draw oh, yeah, you draw and stuff mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> Yeah, you try to avoid Jolene, but you can never avoid Jolene. That's what I learned. <laughs> yeah. Can you, like, teleport away? Uh, I guess I oh, never yeah, got the teleportion, poor teleportion, teleporting thing, but, uh, mm. but yeah, I didn't. guess you could. No, I didn't. I don't know. I, I didn't realize until, like, three quarters of the way through that there was a teleporting thing that you could get, and I was like, well, mm-hmm. I mean, I have, like, one last island to go to. Like, it's not really worth it at this yeah. point mm-hmm. to go get it, so... Mm-hmm. And, like, five days left to finish this game. Yeah, that's kind of a neat way of doing the fast travel, too, where you, like, draw mm-hmm. a symbol for different parts of the map. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you draw to stop time mm-hmm. uh, in the final mm-hmm. battle, too. Yeah. I had a little trouble getting that to work. For... So did I. It was, like, draw a figure eight. So I did that. That didn't work. And so then it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I'll draw, like, a hourglass. But sometimes it was really hard to get it to recognize all the points yeah and the fact that you're still moving around at the same time too so like, like, ah! like running around in weird little circles and oh. <laughs> his sword around like a loony while you're trying to draw this thing and also you're trying to just avoid evil lineback which is hard in and of itself yeah. even though he's like pretty yeah. slow but not slow enough that he can't catch up to you while you're struggling to draw an hourglass <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah and he does some damage on you so. i died twice but that's because the second time I forgot that you need to top up your hearts, and so I had three, and I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, and then yeah, I had to yeah, leave yeah. and go get stuff and come back. But the second time, or the third time, was fine. And it was just hard to get used to, like, once you get used to... Sometimes boss... At least for me, it's like... Th- this game, I think I beat all of the bosses the first time, but for that one, it's like... Sometimes I just need to learn the mechanic a little bit, and then you mm-hmm. just, like, die, and yeah. then the next time is fine. So that's Yeah, sometimes you're like, happens. oh, now I get it. Now I understand. <laughs> after but you've already lost half your health at like that point. It's like, the end. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe I could beat this guy with two hearts, and then it's like, next screen, you're dead. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I have a tendency. I yell at my video games, like, all the time. I think you guys know that. Um, um, yeah, yeah, like, one of the things I've, I say a lot when I'm playing a game, and I haven't figured out, like, what the boss technique is. I'm like, what do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> I liked the weird perspective 
sometimes in some of the, a lot of the fights you like kind of run around in this like forced perspective but particularly a good really good example is the bellum fight too where it's like a mm. it's a big circular room but you kind of like just drag to the side and then the room like rotates kind of like mm-hmm. yeah you run in like a fixed sort of like circular path and like you can't fall off the edge and stuff so that was kind of cool yeah okay yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah and then you when you shoot you like tap and the arrow like goes across the screen and then onto the other screen which was really cool mm-hmm. it's pretty dope yeah. well it goes it goes onto the other screen if you miss i guess because the eyes are on the bottom yeah mm-hmm. but because mm-hmm. you have to be able to tap them and then just like being able to tap things was made things really easy like the like one thing that was really hard in Wind Waker that I think was a lot easier in this game was like shooting stuff on the ocean with your cannon. So yes. mm-hmm. in Wind Waker you have this like it has an arc so it shows you the target and but and you control it by raising and lowering it and that changes where the the bomb is gonna land, but you also have a limited amount of bombs. In this game you seem to have an unlimited amount, which is great. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then you yeah, just like tap the screen. Bombs, so it's like its own thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. so like wherever the enemy is, you like tap the screen. And you don't really have to like adjust. It kind of like auto adjusts based on where you tap. I think yeah. what it thinks your like target is. So it's so mm-hmm. much easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was more like reflex based rather than aiming based because like yeah. you have to yes. like hit the like the thing that crosses your path mm-hmm. in the ocean. You have to like hit both ends really quickly or jump really quickly and stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or hit the flying projectile coming at you. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Although the ship doesn't have that many hearts, at least at first. No, it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. So I definitely died on the ocean at least once or twice, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. because I have bad aim. And <laughs> Linebeck is I like, like hey, the... my ship. <laughs> You're like, I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah, I like that the ship reflects the damage you take, too. It's like smoking it's like on, on fire, fire yeah. when you yeah. die to one heart. <laughs> I was like, just make it to this island before we lose the last yeah. heart. <laughs> You're like pulling into the port, and the ship is like on fire. Mm-hmm. Linebeck is like, well, I'll stay here and fix the ship. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I guess I earned that this time. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know what? Fair. Yeah, fair. <laughs> Don't make a 12 year old be your navigator, and maybe we won't run into shit. Linebeck. Linebeck's like, I thought you had sailing experience. It's like, I-, I sailed a canoe <laughs> that was possessed. <laughs> it's completely I had different. A magic baton to make the wind do my bidding. I know, this game doesn't have any instruments. Mm hmm. Which is very rare yeah. for a Zelda game. Even like in the early ones, you have yeah. like the warp flute and stuff, but no, in this game, mm-hmm. there's no instruments. How very no, dare. You just got a slate that some magic frogs give you. <laughs> you can draw. Yeah. I guess like your. It's probably some scratching sound that goes on while you're drawing, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> That's music to some people, I'm it's sure. Like a, like a maraca, <laughs> but like a scratching sound. <laughs> Phantom Hourglass ASMR. Yeah. <laughs> And then, like, they <laughs> 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 should have called it the Phantom Maraca. And you just have to keep shaking it. <laughs> you have to, like, just shake the whole system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that. Does the, the DS not have a gyroscope? I don't think so. I didn't see one. Yeah, I don't 3DS think so. the 3DS, 3DS does. But... Yeah. The 3DS has a lot of crap, though. Because the 3DS has, yeah, like, yeah, 50 yeah. cameras and the 3D yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there's a lot in that little there's square. There's a lot in there. <laughs> yeah. It looks like a DS, but it's actually like five DSs in one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Five DSs taped together. Yeah, basically. 
it's like whatever like 100 tiny horses or one giant duck or whatever or one one 100 100 duck sized horses or one horse sized duck <laughs> the 3ds is one horse sized duck is what i'm trying to say it looks like a duck but it has the power of a horse <laughs> i'm on fire today <laughs> 3DS has so much crap because it also has the like augmented reality shit as well. Mm. It has like the skin. It has like the. I guess it's just using the camera, but and then it can project stuff in augmented reality. So it has like it. It can feed the camera in and then overlay shit on top. Like it's that's a whole other like. <laughs> yeah, I remember like playing with that and the like 3D camera where you can take 3D pictures and stuff when I first got it. And I was just like, this is blowing my mind. Like. <laughs> Mm-hmm. before i even played an actual game <laughs> yeah and seeing like the demo car- they have those like 3d like augmented reality demo cards where you like put it on a table mm-hmm. and then shit like pops out of it good yeah. thing triforce heroes doesn't use any of that technology <laughs> as far as i remember <laughs> yeah it might use nor does stylus? i think um, i don't know if it even between worlds uh i guess not i don't know i guess we'll find out <laughs> the only game i remember playing that had any like augmented reality actually built in was spirit camera off the top of my head Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway. I remember, um, I think Bravely Default had something, but it was mostly for a cutscene. Like, hmm. like a character, reality. like, showed up in your room or something to like, summon you into the game or something. It's been a while since I played that. That's disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the best use of augmented reality is Pokemon Go, obviously. Where yeah. you can, yeah. like, pet your Mareep and it's, like, life-size in your room. Or Rayquaza mm-hmm. or whatever the fuck you want, I guess. Or, like, Wailord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just laughing and remembering. I was like, I know what I'm gonna do with the. I know which buddy I'm gonna play with. <laughs> like pulling out Wailord in my living room. <laughs> I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> greatest video game experience ever. <laughs> anyway, Zelda, uh, DS Light Zelda or DS Zelda, regular DS, regular DS Zelda. Oh yeah, I guess the bow you just have stuff. It's, it's only slightly more interesting than the normal bow. Mm-hmm. Are we supposed to transition to costumes section? Yeah, I feel like that was legitimately a seamless transition. <laughs> yeah. But like... <laughs> it's so fine. seamless, we almost skipped it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we talked about a lot of a lot of it, because it's, it's a very gimmicky game, which yeah. isn't necessarily a bad thing. It, mm-hmm. it, it worked, I think, especially. I think they, they leaned hard in it, and yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed playing it. Um, mm-hmm basically use the stylus exclusively um unless you're closing the screen or yelling at the microphone mm-hmm. <laughs> which makes it interesting because like you you move by just hold tapping the screen and he just kind of goes you can draw a little circle to roll you have to swipe to swing your sword and the way yeah, you, you can swipe... just stab too you can just poke yeah the you, screen. Can, you can <laughs> oh yeah you but you can also like you can go like the 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 sword will follow your movement because I think you can do like a swipe left, swipe right, yeah. or a s- jab forward. You can do a spin um, attack too. By spin doing attack, yeah, yeah. Um, and then a lot of the items, well, all the items you have to touch the screen somehow, but um, you can draw a path or th- just touch where you want to throw something. Um, yeah, you can throw things from kind of far away, which is nice too. Yeah, yeah, he's got he's got a nice arm on him, <laughs> or tiny, tiny, tiny Link. <laughs> yeah. It's from all that sailing. Yeah, he's becoming like buff twelve year old Link. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's like the timed the the temple 
has different timing. It's like timed, basically, the Ocean Temple. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, oh, yeah, you've mechanic. got the... Yeah, um, the... Like with the hourglass. Of, the hours of sand, sand, sand of hours? hours? Yeah. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> every name for everything in this game, but yes. I was about to call yes. it Sands of Time, but that's uh, Prince of Persia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah. yeah, you have to go through the temple, uh, the Ocean King's Temple, and you have to go... That's another nice thing, is that you have to go through that temple, what, four times, I think? Five times? Um, hold on, let me see what Six Zelda times? Dungeon says you're supposed to... How many times you're listed in the guide. Because it's once per each quadrant of the map so that's four times and then a six. fifth time the last time is to to get bellum to bellum yeah. well no because uh, no, the first time you get the first map and then you get you get a map each visit so there's the one time, time right? two three four five well, don't you get some hmm? you get six. something that's not a not a c chart <laughs> at some point or you find something i remember because be like right. you're only in the first two quadrants for the first three dungeons. For quite a while. Yeah, you're right, yeah. you're right, you're right. So yeah, probably six times. Mm-hmm. And then the the temple changes every time you go back, so like, or maybe the temple doesn't change, but you get different stuff, so sometimes you can activate shortcuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it does change. Because like, it, sometimes uh... they add like more intense um, phantoms. Yeah, I think they like, the phantoms okay, are different yeah. and some of the stuff, but I think the floors themselves keep the same layout but you've got like yeah 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 it's like now you've got the shovels so you can activate this wind thing and skip yeah. this mm-hmm. level and stuff or you have the bow yeah. you can yeah. shoot an eye somewhere you can shoot a or target. you can shoot them mm-hmm. you can now start shooting them in the back and stunning them mm-hmm. um so it just it made it interesting that you could come back and do new things to the same more or less the same dungeon yeah layout. i enjoyed that mm-hmm. actually i thought it was um, a good mechanic mm-hmm. yeah i liked it a lot in concept i don't think it works a hundred percent but um, yeah. I know it's very unpopular in general, but what? I liked it a lot more than the the general opinion on it. Are wrong. We <laughs> we were discussing before that it's like it's one thing that makes it hard is like you don't go there enough times that you remember exactly what to do, but you like mm-hmm. go there enough times that you know there's certain thing no kind of know where stuff is. So it's like kind of it's almost like. It's like you go enough that it's a little bit tedious, but you don't go enough that you know it by heart. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And there are like several times where I'd like go through and I'd just like do the puzzle for that floor and then I'd realize I could have skipped the whole thing and I, and I didn't <laughs> right. realize yeah, 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 how yeah, I could have yeah. skipped it until I'd already done the puzzle and I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, at one point I got to like, there's a shortcut that you activate um, where it's like the halfway point and I got it down to like 10 minutes and I was like, I'm never doing this again. Forget it. I'm just going through the halfway <laughs> every time. But you can technically shorten, mm-hmm. you can shorten your time substantially. I just was like, screw it, 10 minutes is enough time. <laughs> yeah, the first time I got to the halfway point, I literally had like less than a minute left. So I was like, damn it, now I have to do the whole thing again next time. But uh, <laughs> I think I had like three minutes the first time. And mm-hmm. yeah, I got I like confused like, okay, on cool. one of the floors and wasted a lot of time. And then I got hit by phantoms a couple times. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, please let me just make it to this point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but then, my, then my second time through, I had like, so, I had like a whole bunch of times. So I was like, okay, now we're good. Yeah, yeah. never again. Yeah, <laughs> I don't need, I don't need these like spirit gems or whatever. It's fine. Like the mm-hmm. not whatever the yeah spirit gems. <coughs> yeah, yeah. You power up your fairies, which I never, which I did, but then never used. So yeah, I never did. I was like, how does this person in these screenshots have different fairy things? And then I finally realized, oh, I see, they have like the power ups, but now. No, it's fine. Uh, items? 
Oh, we talked about weapons. Most of them, yeah. Uh, I think this game doesn't really have any unique active items, at least, that are new to this game. Everything else has been seen before. Um, yeah, there's, like, potions and keys and, like, big keys yeah. and stuff. You I do mean, have to, like, ones, actually the... carry the big keys, though, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to carry those. Mechanic. Um, mm-hmm. And some other things, but, like, the big keys, you always have to carry. Well, like, the, the Phantom Hourglass itself is technically an item. I guess um, that's true. You almost never see and it. And then the Salvage Arm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not new, but there's, like, a mini game with catching uh, Salvage that mm-hmm. you have to do, mm-hmm. which is a bit new. And then the Cyclone Slate. Yeah. I think are pretty much the big one. You also get that, like, necklace that lets you go through the cyclones, too. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, the enemy cyclones, for lack of a better word, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> the things that are just on the ocean that you have to sail through. Yeah. <laughs> you get it from... The... <laughs> enemy cyclones. Enemy cyclones. <laughs> well, they fuck you up, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think they're enemies. Well, you also you can shoot them. So if you shoot the cyclones, they get smaller. I don't know if you ever tried that, but I feel like that's what makes classified as an enemy. Yeah, huh, nifty. yeah. Maybe not that big one that you have to get the necklace to like go through to go proceed, yeah. but like there's the ones on like out in the ocean or like near islands and stuff. The little small mm-hmm. ones you can shoot them and they'll disappear eventually after a couple shots, which is hilarious to me. Mm-hmm. That's definitely how cyclones work in nature. Yes. <laughs> yes. Just shoot them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wasn't That's that how... uh, something you throw this. throw a nuke at a hurricane to stop it? Obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wasn't that a <laughs> wasn't that a Donald Trump thing <laughs> or am I crazy? I was it was it a Donald Trump thing or was it um a mocking Donald Trump thing? I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to tell sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we talked about folding the thing. Like, you have to close the DS for that one puzzle. Yeah, you have to close the... Uh-huh. There's uh, some, uh, like, fires that you have to blow out by blowing yeah, right. or making noise into the microphone. Um, a lot of drawing puzzles. I thought the puzzles were really good. I liked yeah. them. Like, Kaylee, like you said, it's not, like, super hard, but it's, like, just hard enough that I feel accomplished and not frustrated. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Maybe as a child it would have been hard, but as a, as a fucking adult, it's not that hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as a 32 year old, I can say that it wasn't that hard. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess is good. I can say that this rated E for everyone's game up. was not that hard. <laughs> is it actually a rated E? I guess so. Yeah. I'd assume so. I don't. Might have been E10. I, I was going to say, it has oh, cartoon yeah, yeah. violence, so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's fine. But yeah, it's not a, it's definitely not a no, hard There's game. no stabbing through the forehead this time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you get to stab, well, you poke the, you just stab the eye, uh, you slice the eye on the back of, uh, of, um, possessed Linebeck. Mm-hmm. Which apparently, um, the speedrunner's called Bellumbeck. <laughs> <laughs> I called him evil Linebeck, even though Linebeck isn't really involved. He's just a, a body that's possessed. Yeah. But... I was like, oh, I think we should call him Linum. Linum. <laughs> mm. I think Bellum is kind of a stupid name for a for a boss, but whatever, it's fine. <laughs> I liked Bellum as a as an enemy, though. And I was speaking mm. of how easy it is. I was really shocked by how easy the final battle was, but then it turns out there's just like a long cutscene in between until you get to the Bellum Beck <laughs> fight, yeah, and then uh, or Line mm. Linum fight, whatever your choice, mm. <laughs> um, which is a little bit harder than the fight with. Bellum, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just Bellum, not Bellum plus Linebeck. Yeah. 
Lyvek <laughs> made him stronger. <laughs> he, he wasn't the worst pirate after all. <laughs> I also thought it was kind of cool how he becomes like a big phantom. Yeah. Like it's kind of spooky mm-hmm. and I liked that. This game's also for for like having a whole like ghost ship. The game is not that spooky. Oh, and I definitely called that those sisters were going to be evil. I was like, this is like really oh, yeah. suspicious. <laughs> I don't like oh yeah and i was like i think they're gonna be bad guys and then they were i was right mm-hmm. so <laughs> i felt smart thanks past yes. zelda for <laughs> training me to recognize actual enemies when they're pretending oh. to be victims hmm? one thing i didn't mention when we were talking about like um just sort of the 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 plot and all that i because when you finish the ghost ship and Oshis reveals himself as the ocean king mm-hmm. and lineback's like oh there's no treasure then what am i doing this for mm-hmm and the Ocean King's like, well, if you beat Bellum, I can grant you a wish. I was really expecting him at the very end to be like, yeah, you didn't really do anything. Link did. <laughs> so stabbed him. He gets the Bellum. Well, I, I, th- that was before I knew that that was going to happen. Yeah. This was just, you know, me not remembering the game at all, thinking like, oh, yeah, Linebeck's not going to do anything. Link's going to get it. And Linebeck's not going to get his wish because of that. But no, that... It worked out. No, his, he has a redeem, like a redemption arc. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Didn't think he's, about that. He's not just a. He's not just a loser after all. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also, he's not a bad guy. But it's not that he's a bad guy. It's just that he's kind of lame, <laughs> secretly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like Linebeck a lot. I say also say that out of affection, just like I talk about Nintendo's like awful <laughs> Wi-Fi <laughs> gameplay out of yeah. out of affection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I love a good, you know, coward finally steps up kind of story. Yeah, so. yeah. He stabbed Bellum's <laughs> freaky eye, slappy eye. <laughs> mm-hmm. He did a good job. Even before that, when Tetra got snatched up again, he, he was like, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. And then you ha- oh, I forgot there's also the sail, the sailing sequence in the final battle, too, which is really <laughs> funny to me. Oh, yeah. I was like, we have to bring sailing back. And I was like, I don't want to. I'm really bad at sailing. And I was like, I don't want to. I don't want to sail around and like shoot the thing. But it wasn't that hard. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lineback controls the ship, so you just have to shoot. That's true. It. You just have to jab your shoot screen all the and eyes. hit all the eyes. It's fine, and then you yeah. have unlimited <laughs> ammo, so like it, there's nothing. It's very easy. Yeah, mm-hmm. relatively speaking, even compared to like Wind Waker, which I think was probably the easiest other game we played so far out of all the games that we played. Which I'm also saying out of affection. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, even compared to that, it's like a much easier method for shooting. So for like for cannonball shooting, so it's a lot better, and for sailing. Mm-hmm. I think this game also has like a when you're sailing at least yeah when you're sailing it has like a free camera, which is pretty cool for a handheld mm-hmm. game, especially considering the rest of the game is like fixed perspective, so it's kind of interesting that they added that too, so you can see all the enemies and whatever. You have like three D gameplay for the ship for the sailing scenes, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it has some pretty impressive uh, visuals at, at times for the DS. It does. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we talked about a lot of this other gameplay stuff, like the sailing. Um, yeah, you can sail. And... Shocking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's more of a paddle boat, I guess. <laughs> it's yeah, you paddle like a st- like a little Do steam engine. Do you call it sailing if you're paddling? Really a sailboat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess that's. Are you still true. sailing the seas? I guess. I mean, they sail in the like seas in a little chugboat. Chugboat. There, you sail in like a nuclear powered ship. Like, you know, like an aircraft carrier yeah. or something. So I think it's still sailing. Sailing is generic, even if you're not using a sail. <laughs> it's also specific if you are using a sail. <laughs> 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 like parasailing or something. 
I'm bringing the content today, like I said. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you're paddling slowly through the ocean, theoretically. <laughs> and you can jump with your boat, which is hilarious. I don't I yes. don't think that's mm-hmm. real. <laughs> I don't think you got a big enough paddle. <laughs> it made sense for Link to be able to jump in the King of Red Islands because it's a tiny boat, but when you have like this yeah. giant paddle boat, it's like, okay, well, we're doing it, but like it's I thought that was really funny. <laughs> it was like, mm-hmm. why why? And who put all these stupid like, barriers in the middle of the fucking ocean? Like it's not like it's not like the there's exploding barrels, but you can just like ex- you can just uh, shoot cannonballs at them. But then there's these yeah. giant like gates that pop out of the ocean. And it's like who put this here? Like what is this? <laughs> I think I think there's supposed to be like sentient creatures. There's other yeah. pirates. There's like if those if you that are just shaped that are just shaped like gates. <laughs> oh, you think they're supposed to be enemy creatures? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were. I thought you meant like the pirates. There's these like pirates in one part of the ocean that are like moblins. And I was like, well, maybe mm-hmm. they just set them up to, like, mm-hmm. catch boats to go and get the treasure or whatever. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be some kind of, like, plant creature. Don't ask Like questions. thorns. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> that just likes to pop up in front of ships. I was just really focused on timing my jump, so I didn't, like, have a good look at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to talk about, and we, again, we talked about it a little bit already, but, like, especially with the bosses, they made use of the two dual screens in mm-hmm. a lot of unique ways. Like, um... I think the, one of the most interesting ones was the was it a crab or a snail though the invisible one where the top screen was its perspective um so oh, you wouldn't yeah. know where it was but you'd have to see where like it how it saw you to know where which angle it was coming from and everything and you had to shoot its eye with an arrow until it became visible yeah it was like one of those like octoroks with a hard shell or like a octoroc, oh yeah, like yeah, a yeah, rock yeah or whatever you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah that was cool so and, and then you said uh, Bellumbeck, where you would see, <laughs> like from the the back view, where you could see the eye. Yeah. Um, and then there was the flying tornado, something or another, where you had to throw bombs and that into like gusts of winds that shot it up in the air and hit him to knock him down. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, you had to watch like, for his like shadow or whatever, right? Maybe that's a is different... that what you were supposed to do? I, I, don't just, I just looked at. I just looked at where he was and his general location. Um, I don't remember. But yeah, yeah there might have there might have been a shadow too. I don't that seems like a Zelda thing. Yeah, that seems reasonable. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then there's there's like the switching one where you have to watch the map and watch the where you switch between the Goron and Link. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to use. I mean, it's like the the screen still uses the top screen still uses the map, but you have to like watch the map to watch where stuff other enemies are. In that mm-hmm. dungeon, in that boss fight, as opposed to others, other boss fights where you don't have to use the top screen or use the map, I thought that was cool. I thought it was really good use of the the like DS screens. Yeah, yeah. Like I th- I think that they went so hard into the gimmicks that it was good. Whereas oftentimes things will try and get gimmicky and like not nail it very well. But like I I don't know. They they went. They they used everything the DS had to offer, and I mm-hmm. think they pulled it off very well. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of times they're just kind of tacked on, but this is like they yeah, fully embrace yeah, yeah. like the strengths of the gimmicks mm-hmm. rather than just sort of being like we're on a touchscreen console, so we have to use the touchscreen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I definitely think like if you if it, I think they yeah, they're like they're so well integrated in the gameplay that it's like you don't need the buttons like it doesn't use everything it's like very 
like specific and how the game is implemented to use the DS's like not just its strengths but like its special features. Whether the touchscreen yeah. is a strength or not is like up for debate, I guess. But it's kind of like the whole the whole point of the console. Mm-hmm. But you're like it's restricted so that you have to use it. It's like you're saying about other games, like you two were saying about other games, where it's like, oh, I accidentally press the button, but I'm trying to use the stylus or whatever. Like it's not overusing the functionality or like using the functionality in a way that's like awkward. Um, like it's specific. It's more, I don't know. It's like specific, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like even the like, um, even the like use of the touchscreen on like the Wii U ports of um, like Twilight Princess and Wind Waker, mm-hmm. like being able to switch items on the fly on the touchscreen was really nice. Yeah. But I also was like torn between. I was like, do I keep the stylus out and have to scramble for it when I touch it, or do I just put my greasy fingers on the screen? <laughs> like, <laughs> or it's like, do I just ignore the the gamepad do i just ignore the gamepad or not that's what i did i would just like pull up the menu 90 percent mm-hmm. of the time yeah and it like felt a little weird at the very beginning where you're like oh just because you're not used to it but like after a little while it's like it doesn't even feel like you're controlling it in a weird way that's just how it works mm-hmm. like i think a lot of ds games had stylus controls i think i just didn't play a lot of the ones that did and i don't i just feel like this one like heavily heavily uses the stylus you have to use it for every part of the game i don't know like, even to, like, save and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I played a lot of Phoenix Wright, which I think, I mean, that there wasn't a whole lot to do other than... A lot of it is, like, just clicking through dialogues and, like, clicking selecting through dialogue menus. And then, like, and then, go and to then, this place, like, touch this thing, touch that thing. But yeah. it was kind of like a point and click, I think, in a lot of ways. You would Basically. click on something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Yeah. yeah, it was, like, half visual novel, half point and click adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, and those were ported from uh, the... Game Boy Advance. They were originally Game Boy Advance games. Oh. I just learned that while I was reading about this console because I was reading I about because you can it can play. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. it's kind of amazing when you learn that because it's like it really does feel like it was made for right. The, you know, the touchscreen stuff isn't like extensive, but it works really mm-hmm. well, and it's like hard to imagine it like on one screen with no touchscreen controls. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I enjoyed playing this style. Eventually, after after a while, it's like yeah. At first, I was like. Oh, I even have to, like, break out the stylus just to, like, choose my save file. But then you just kind of, like, get used to it. And, like, it's it's fun to, like, drag Link around on the screen and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And switching between your items is really easy, especially for those times yeah. where, like, you have to for certain, mm-hmm. like, dungeons or fi- fights or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the speedruns are... There's not a whole lot in this game that you can do to sort of break it. Um, you- I'm kind of surprised by that, honestly, because... It's still a video game. Like, I don't know. I feel like there's yeah, so many, like, I, weird things that happen sometimes. You know? I feel like the with the movement of the... Like, the way you move is very... I feel like limiting in a way. You can't really um, do any of those things exactly. that you were saying, like, where it's like you, like, up, pause, down, pause, up, pause, down, pause, or whatever, like, stuff like that. Like, you can't, yeah. um, you can't do <sighs> things like that. Or, like hold your joystick at a specific angle and then turn the plug in the controller any of those like weird things like yeah you can't do anything like that um there is a few things um but like for the most part there aren't any things where like you have to be positioned perfectly hmm. or you have to do something on the the exact right frame there's like one that was interesting um and then another one that is um a little bit more lenient i guess but um, the very first thing that you do in the game, though, is a nifty little glitch. Um, so you start the game, and uh, pretty normally you get your your sword, 
and there's the sword training tutorial that Oshis goes you th- goes through with you. Mm-hmm. And you can skip it by so if you throw the pot pick up a pot that's in the room, throw it, and while it's in the air, the you try to leave and it triggers one of those things where Link comes up and Oshis is like, ah, what do you think you're doing? We gotta finish training. But the dialogue won't actually trigger if the pot is in the air for some reason. <laughs> that was inconsistent and hard to do, and um, they found out that if you just walk into that uh, loading zone with a pot in your hand, you'll just throw it and skip the the dialogue anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then if you pick up another pot and go through, it'll somehow think that there's another pot in the air, and it just like he won't t- uh, talk to you, and you can just go through. So that's a neat little trick. And then it's very, I feel like the speedrun is very kind of bland to talk about, but very interesting to watch. It was very entertaining because it's a lot of precision. You're, it's it's almost like calligraphy, right? Like you got to see how precise they're, they're drawing their, their paths for the boomerang and things like that. Mm. How they're like moving Link across, um, you know being precise with the execution hmm. rather than doing these cool little tricks. Um, that's a, some of the cooler ones uh, with the boomerang, especially because uh, starting off, that's pretty much the only thing that you have that does very interesting things. Hmm. Um, so a couple that were very neat is you can throw the boomerang um, and if it hits a wall, it starts coming back to you. Mm-hmm. But if the boomerang, as it's coming back to you, uh, hits a wall, it'll just go through. Which means if you throw the boomerang at an angle, as it comes back, it can go through a wall and pick up a key that you're supposed what? to get by doing a puzzle of some sort. So there's a couple of things like that. And then there's a couple other ones where like, the path that you draw after you have it do the thing you want it to do can be advantageous. So there's one where you have to throw the boomerang uh, at a lit torch and have the, carry the fire to other torches to drop a key. And if you just manage to continue drawing the path, it will pick up the key for you um, in the same throw. So mm-hmm. you can just start walking towards your destination as the boomerang does the work of lighting the torches, dropping the key, picking up the key, coming back to find you. Mm. And then there was another one where you throw the boomerang at a switch and then just keep going back and forth so that way uh, you throw it, you can walk. It hits a switch to, to lower um, the barrier. You walk through it and it hits the switch again to raise it and lower the one in front of you. <laughs> just oh, stuff okay, like that. I see. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just interesting stuff where you can just bypass uh, parts of the, the dungeon by using uh, neat little pathing tricks. Mm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, and and again, watching it, I feel like is a lot more satisfying because you get to see the path that they draw. You get to sort of see it all come together in real time, which um, I think is is a big part of it. Is just the the again the timing of it, making everything fit together with the execution, navigating around obstacles, enemies, things like that. For the most part, there ain't too much going on until you get the... No, not before the hammer. There is uh, that necklace that you were talking about. The regal necklace that lets you... You can skip that. Oh. If 
for and this is on, at least on the Wii U version that people are playing on, which is interesting because this is an updated version on the Wii U mm-hmm. Virtual Console. If you use the Cyclone Slate one frame before one of those mini Cyclone enemies uh, catches you, and you try and teleport. For some reason, it fucks up your teleportation location and it moves you to another place. And then if you just teleport, and then uh, up to like four times, you might have to do it. But if you just keep teleporting, if you've done it right, it'll teleport you inside that giant cyclone where you normally have to... Yeah, where you just sail through it. Get the necklace. Yeah, yeah. and it just throws you there. Um, which is very interesting. I don't understand exactly how it works. I... Side, uh, I'm going to derail this conversation for a moment. I'm going to derail myself. (laughs) It was really hard finding information about speedrunning this game. It's not a very popular game to speedrun. I looked for uh, Games Done Quick, and they don't really have any. They may have had like one years and years ago. (laughs) But this is not a game that's speedrun very often. I looked, like, it, it. it was surprisingly hard to just find that that very first skip I told you about with the pot in the sword training, hmm. and like even in the the Zelda speedrun website, they usually have a section for glitches and tricks, and it's not there. But they do have like a full route listing on like how to do the run, hmm. and there they have a little bit more that they link to videos showing you how to do some of the tricks. Hmm. But that's the only one with a description of like how you actually do it. The rest are just like, here's the video, and then it shows it being done, but not necessarily a guide on, like, if you want to do this, if you want to learn, this is what you got to do. Interesting. So, um, yeah, it was, um, I mean, I'm sure probably in the comments, no, actually, my even didn't even have a single comment. So, not even in the comments was it, like, someone helped you get there. So, anyways, it's, it's a popular game to run. Um, but again, it was interesting. It was it was fun to watch. I feel. Mm-hmm. Anyway, back to wherever I was. Teleportation <laughs> through yeah. the cyclone. Um, Past the yeah. Cyclone. So that was an that's an interesting one. I, I couldn't figure out exactly how, why that works. Or that would cut or... a lot of time because you have to run back and forth on that island like a couple of times just to like kind yeah. of get like one thing, which is fun but kind of obnoxious. Yeah. Like it'd be nice to be mm-hmm. able to skip that part. Yep. So then the second half of the game has a lot more interesting items that you can do strange things with. So with the hammer, so normally if you can like just kind of hammer things that are from a distance. Mm-hmm. Um, but with limitations, they have to be on the same level as you, can't really cross any voids or anything. But if you go up against a wall and hold the hammer, like um, he kind of holds it behind him. Mm-hmm. And then as it gets big, I guess it, it's it's um model is then lifted up a little bit more hmm. and it starts shaking and so during that shake uh if there's like a second level above above you that's a bit higher um on the right frame you can let go and link teleports up there oh um and you usually pause buffer to get that to find out which one that is or if you're not even trying to get up during that, it'll be shaking, and sometimes it'll be up there, sometimes it won't, and you can just hit something that's on that floor. Mm-hmm. You can also do that with voids. So if you're up against a void, you pull out the hammer, it starts shaking, you can then throw that hammer 
across the abyss and hit things that are <laughs> um, further away with that you're not supposed to. Hmm. Um, so again, it's kind of interesting seeing that. Um, it's it's um it's not very complicated, but it does make some things interesting that you can just sort of skip through. And then the Bomchu is another one that's interesting. So with the Bomchu, you draw a path on the map. Like it it switches the map to the bottom screen and the dungeon to the top screen. Mm-hmm. And as you draw the 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 path for the Bomchu, it moves the camera so you can kind of get a general idea for what's in that area that you're mm-hmm. drawing. And if you let go and press a button at the same time. I wasn't very clear. I couldn't really figure out. This is one where they didn't have any hint on how to do it, but it seemed like you had to press L maybe or something at the same time, which would have been, I don't know, is that the items menu thing to, I, I don't think know. It, I think it's one of the menus, yeah. Yeah. You press L at the same time, the camera locks in that area, so you can start using items while viewing that. Um... So if there's like a switch over there, you can hit it with a hammer, even though it would be off screen if you, the camera was focused on Link. Or there's another time they did that and then threw a boomerang to hit two switches. So you can skip a good, uh, you know, a few things here or there by locking the camera that way, which is, again, another interesting thing. It, it definitely adds um, a little more flavor to the speed run, because I think by that time it was getting a little like, OK, well, it's impressive, but it's kind of the same thing. And now the second half, you're like, oh, now we're seeing some new tricks and, and cool things going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, yeah, it, it, it added some nice things and, and was paced kind of interestingly for the just general flow of the speedrun. Yeah. I think that's about it. I mean, other than, you know, some neat little, like, again, um, ways to tricks to, to two-cycle bosses or, um, you know, uh, you can throw i think for i think it was the um the invisible octorok you can shoot an arrow and then walk forward for the cutscene to start and the arrow will then at the end of the cutscene hit his eye you know a few things like that but nothing um, like there's no crazy glitches basically no no nothing where you have to have you know eight items on the on the screen <laughs> at once and then turn mm-hmm. your DS upside down and then close it, <laughs> shake it, and then wait wait 12 hours and then open it up. <laughs> That's interesting in and of itself. It's interesting that, like, it, it's not a very, like, speedrun game, considering that it's, like, somewhat popular, like, in that there were a lot of sales, at least. Yeah. And then anecdotally, people were like, I liked this one, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, maybe there's just, like, not an opportunity because of the, because of the controls that it has or whatever. Yeah. yeah, and then I wonder, like, because it's definitely a good game, but I don't, I don't think many people would rate it as like exceptionally high, but just like overall pretty good. I imagine the ratings that I saw on um, for video games Wikipedia has like a collection of things that are it's like Metacritic, like you know whatever Nintendo Life or all of those like different sort of like a, this huge list, and they were all like nine out of ten. Like, oh, really? Yeah, but like that doesn't mean anything in terms of like the yeah. longevity like that was the opinion at the that's release true. that doesn't really mean that's like because speedruns are not like like ocarina of time was obviously super highly critically rated but it also has like this longevity of like people played it over and over and over again but maybe mm-hmm. this game doesn't necessarily have that same vibe like i don't really know i don't know it's kind of an interesting yeah. question that i don't think there's really like a 
easy way to answer like why isn't it a speedrun game mm. i mean like and then like i mean in contrast people speedrun the shit out of breath of the wild but that's because it's like an open world game and like i mean you can speedrun it by just like going to the yeah. castle basically there's like very few mm-hmm. things that you have to do to like quote unquote 100 percent it so like or like yeah. any percent it there's very little you have to do to any percent it so like mm-hmm. it's speedrun all the time but. I think a, a good fun speed run run game isn't necessarily a good fun regular game. Yeah, that too, yeah. But like, yeah. yeah, like sometimes they overlap, but sometimes like the most speed run games aren't that great because they're fun to break. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if nobody's <laughs> discovered a weird bug in this game, maybe that's why it's not speed run because it's like too. Mm-hmm. You're just playing the game. Normally, yeah, you're just playing the game. Less. There's yeah. no like playing twenty minutes of Ocarina of Time before you switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, Mario, exactly. <laughs> I, like the speed run for this game is what three hours around three hours. I don't think you told us the time yet. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Three hours. Yeah. It's about three hours. And the game itself is probably like six hours. So it's just like, you just play the game really fast and you can get down to three hours and like you have, Yeah. it is interesting that you, I'm sure it's fun to do, but it's probably not popular because you don't have to do any like weird breaking the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess maybe if somebody finds a bug, it would become more popular, but or like weird mechanics where it's like you you move faster backwards or whatever, like et cetera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I I I think you're right. I think it's three hours probably if they didn't do any of the weird skips and just played it normally, um, you could probably beat it in like four hours. Mm-hmm. So you're really only shaving off one fourth of the time, maybe something like that. It's mm-hmm. and so you're mostly just playing it normally. Yeah, there's which, no weird yeah. skips to the end scene or whatever like the wrong warps yeah there's a lot of games that have like not been popular or kind of dwindled in popularity for speedrunning until someone found some bizarro glitch and then it becomes really popular again because mm-hmm. like part of we're all trying out the new glitch and seeing what they can do right like well, and then, part of the challenge is triggering like the if glitch. someone found some some crazy thing mm-hmm. i think it would yeah i think it would become more popular i mean some some games like the older games you know, you can test it and find out what literally the optimal speedrun is, and people are like, you know, ten frames sh- short of that, mm-hmm. and like, really, there's nowhere to go other than once you cut those ten frames, and like, are you really going to play, you know, forty five minutes just to try and save three frames? Mm-hmm. You know, so that's that's another part is that you know, if there isn't a whole lot to cut short, you're kind of running at the limit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah like the only limit is just like the players like skill but to the difference of like several frames or like a second mm-hmm. it becomes like or sometimes sometimes those the the difference is rng so like mm. there you you're really up into you know three or four moments of rng and do you have the luck to get you going and then not fuck it up during you know during the the runs you have good luck mm-hmm. you know um yeah but probably some so... people like that chance too but then, like this game doesn't really. I have think any to a degree. That, I, so. I, I, it, it, I think it definitely needs a balance. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like Wind Waker, people were talking about how like there are some parts where there's good R- R- or bad RNG and like common route killers. Some of it are about halfway in the run, but there's a lot that you can save elsewhere to sort of make up for it by mm. being efficient. Whereas something like this game, there isn't a whole whole lot. So if you're stuck in the RNG. That's really one of the bigger um, sort of indicators of how run the how how good the run is going to be, you know. Mm. So I don't know. It's kind of interesting. We don't normally have a speedrun section where there's like very little. There there were a couple games, right? 
but most of them were like, and then you do this one crazy trick that, like, right? Yeah, <laughs> Ganondorf take um, this one crazy trick that makes you finish this game faster or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like uh, was it a link, Link's Awakening and Oracle of Seasons? I think we're both kind of. I th- I think it was just play it. That... One of the Oracle games for sure yeah. was like you just play. Yeah, fast. one of them was. <laughs> yeah, and then, then the other, the one other the Oracle's shit. game was completely different. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is fascinating, because like, the RNG mechanic for both was the same, so you could manipulate the RNG exactly how you wanted it to be, but for one of them, it was critically important to like speeding up several parts of the game, whereas the other one, it was not really used very much, except for like in two or three instances. Hmm. I don't know, it's crazy. It was, yeah. That was one of my favorite speedruns to research because I almost just did one and be like, ah, I'm sure the other one's pr- pretty much the exactly same. Exactly the same. Just kidding. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then it was just so different. There's probably some speedrunner out there who's like, I want to do the fastest Phantom Hourglass <laughs> speedrun or whatever. <laughs> like, I'm going to be the one to break Phantom Hourglass. <laughs> my claim to fame is going to be that I broke Phantom Hourglass. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we talk about visuals and music? I don't have yes, that, that much to talk about because, mm-hmm. um, well, like, so this game is a direct sequel to Wind Waker. So in both cases, like the visuals and the music are obviously heavily influenced by Wind Waker mm-hmm. just from the get-go. But in terms of like the things that I normally look at, like packaging, there wasn't any special packaging for Phantom Hourglass, but it was coupled with a um, special edition Nintendo DS at the time. Ooh. So... There was that, like a Zelda edition that had a little Triforce on it. So there was that. And then, of course, like we talked a lot about the two screens. And one interesting thing about the DS. So remember that this is coming off of the Game Boy Advance SP. So uh, we probably last talked about Game Boy Advance technology for... Minish Cap? Yeah, probably for Minish Cap. Because the other game we played was the port. At least the other game that I played was the Link to the Past port or whatever. The one that was an S- mm-hmm. uh, SNES port. But anyway, so mm-hmm. the this one, I think, like, the way to think about the visual capabilities of the DS is that it's kind of like a better Game Boy or, like, a shitty N64. So it actually <laughs> had um, 3D capabilities, so it could render vectors, like, it could render polygons, and it could also render 2D, like, tile and, like, sprite-based things, just like a, a Game Boy Advance. And that's not just because backwards compatible, because apparently the backwards compatible compatible part was like completely separated in the architecture. So that's why when you turn it on and you want to play a Game Boy Advance game, you have to turn the console off to like switch back. Like you can't go back to the home menu to the little like operating system that loads, which is also like an enhancement. Actually, um, it has like a little operating system that has a little clock and you put your name and your birthday and stuff in. So it had that as well, which is, mm-hmm. I guess, an you know, evolution over like the Game Boy Advance. Um, but if you run a Game Boy Advance game, it like loads a whole separate operating system and like separate sound system and stuff. So it's kind of interesting. It's like a completely mm-hmm. separate device, which was actually very similar to using the like Wii and the Wii U, the Wii U, the Wii emulator mm-hmm. portion of the Wii U. Because so I was like, what the fuck is this when I did it the first time? Um, but yeah, so it's like that. Mm-hmm. Or, the, or GameCube games on the Wii. Exactly. Yeah. So it like mm-hmm. loads the whole separate operating system and then loads the, the game, which is very interesting. One feature we didn't talk about because it's not used in the game is that the Nintendo DS had a real-time clock. 
So it also mm-hmm. enabled things like Animal Crossing and whatever, but and it also enables you to keep track of your birthday and also other crap. So like it had other yeah. things that it <laughs> and a little clock on the operating system when you open it up and stuff like that. And it keeps track mm-hmm. of the date and, and things. So I guess that's cute. I don't know. It's kind of like an advanced Palm Pilot <laughs> from because yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it has the stylus and stuff too. <laughs> but yeah. So the two screens are interesting um, and you can have 3D. So you can have polygons, a mix of polygons and um, like whatever uh, bitmap, like tile and sprite based things. So it's kind of looking at the game and I was trying to figure out how they like rendered it and stuff. And like, I don't, I don't really know how they actually did this. I, I, I suspect that like Link is polygon based and then like the other enemies and stuff are actually using like sprites and like tiles and whatever, but it's hard to tell exactly how it's composed they're actually like uh, if you read the article that i link if you're really interested in this kind of thing um the again like rodrigo capetti's <laughs> blog that i always read for these explained how there are actually different like modes where it's like there were set kind of like setups for how you for like what layers there would be so like it would be like three layers of bitmaps and then one layer of like vector stuff on top or or two layers of this type of bitmap or whatever so it's it they're actually were kind of like set modes so anyway i wasn't able to determine just by looking at it what they're doing but that's kind of what i think it is um i think that it's like link is being rendered in in 3d and then other stuff is being rendered using like 2d somehow Mm -hmm. which is very interesting um because like i don't know how they do things like the back of uh which what is he line linum or bell bell uh, wait bellback bellback yeah whichever <laughs> your choice <laughs> but like his back is like i think it's made out of it looks like it's maybe it's made out of like multiple sprites and then like um but I, but then they show like it shows um like link running around in 3d also like around him when it when the time mm-hmm. is frozen so like i'm not sure it's just very interesting um how they like we're able to make all of that happen considering the capabilities that it has. Oh, and also the resolution is tiny. So the resolution of the N64 was uh standard, like whatever it is, 480. I think it was 320 before. It might've been smaller. Wait, did I make a note? I don't think so. Maybe 320p or something <laughs> like very, very small. And then the DS resolution is slightly smaller than that. It's about 80% of the N64. But then, like, oh. the screen size is teeny tiny, so, like, that resolution difference is not going to be something that people, like, actively perceive. Um, yeah. In Rodrigo Capetti's blog, there's actually an interesting comparison because there was a three uh, N64 port of Super Mario, the Super Mario 64. Uh, I don't know if it's, like, a port or a redone version or whatever, but there's a Super Mario 64 for um, for Nintendo DS, and you can actually like, compare the levels and you can see how much, like, nicer for lack of a better word the n64 graphics are um even though it's like a much older technology but i don't know it's a bigger console so there's more you have more space for more stuff um yeah so in terms of visuals that's like kind of what you get there is some there's some vector based drawing but like i think a lot of i mean like phoenix right like you said is a port from like game boy advance so there's a lot of games that are just like very they're using like similar technology to game boy advance where they're just like tile and sprite and bitmap based things and not um, vector based, but it is interesting the DS had that capability, so that's cool. Uh, the bottom screen is a touch screen. We talked about how it's used a lot in this game. It's also, um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it matters, maybe a little bit for accuracy, um, but like 
The bottom screen is a pressure-based touchscreen, not like a capacitive touchscreen, like a, a smartphone where, uh, oh. yeah, mm-hmm. so there's two types of, I don't know, there's probably more than two types, but there's two like main types of touchscreens. There's pressure-based where it's like using an actual pressure sensor behind the screen or what's called capacitive touch, which uses like an electric uh, or like a grid that responds to the, um, like your finger, um, like electric uh whatever charge on your your finger or whatever other device whatever thing touching the screen it relies on that to sort of like track a position on the screen so in this case it's like using pressure so you can kind of see like on the edges of the screen the pressure's not tracked and stuff like that like if you're trying to draw like your bomb chew like right on the edge then it wouldn't be tracked but um anyway it's kind of interesting it's just a random side note if you're interested in this technology which i am always interested in yeah so anyway in terms of the visuals so the top screen is used to display the map most of the time and then you can move it down below and you can mark it, which we talked about. And your marks are retained, which is really cool. So like I yes. made marks in the Ocean Temple map and then like they're there the next time you go back, which is cool. Mm-hmm. We talked about all that. One thing we haven't talked about yet is like the paper cut illustrations, which are really great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stylistically, they're really great. So there are these and someone's actually credited specifically for that um, in the credits, Funny. which is really great. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that because... I think sometimes graphics they're all just like lumped together or whatever but the paper cut ones have a specific credit which is cool and so we're talking about the very beginning of the game there's like um nico that's the name of the guy yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Nico. The, from mm-hmm. tetra's crew is telling this the story from wind waker the backstory from wind waker using paper cut illustrations and then at the end in the end credits you also see the paper cut illustrations that kind of like summarize what happened in the game which are all really cute and really fun yeah and Oshis is using them to tell his backstory, which was another yeah. funny moment in the cutscenes. Right. So those are really cool. Like it transitions to that style and then it pulls back to show that he's actually physically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how it went with uh, Nico's scene too, because it's like the same, the same mm-hmm. joke, mm-hmm. I guess, like the same little, I don't know, visual joke, but it's cute. Yeah. It's just funnier with Oshis yeah. since he's like, you know, a serious, yeah. <laughs> like mystical fig- figure compared to Nico. Yeah. <laughs> I expect Nico to tell his story. And then also Link is like sleeping during his story, which is hilarious. But yeah, you don't yeah. expect Oshis is, you expect to have like a full like flashback, but it's like paper cut <laughs> flashback, which is cute. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and there's nothing like special about those. I mean, they just like, they're just like really adorable, which is great. Yeah. Um, and I think it also kind of like mm-hmm. adds to the overall like playful nature of, of yeah, the yeah, game. Yeah. And it's kind of playing off of like some of the themes from Wind Waker, like the visual uh themes in the sense that there's like a lot of like these like little patterns that are repeating in the paper the like quote-unquote paper in the paper cuts and like um like abstract geometric shapes and stuff like that so it is also playing on some of those like visual themes and yeah i mean the style is essentially like wind waker like it's cell shaded um we have like this like similar i think like the ocean and the islands look similar although when you get to the islands there's like a fixed perspective which is different so this game has a mix of 2d and 3d perspective or like not 2d but that like fixed perspective 3d or whatever we want to call it um Mm -hmm. like in sort of isometric yeah yeah yeah. like the new we already one game already talked about that had it was like the port the switch port of um link's awakening has this has that Mm -hmm. style I don't. I think this might be one of the first games that has it, because like the other handheld, like um, Minish Cap didn't really have it. Minish Cap is also still kind of like spritey looking. Yeah, um, I don't remember if it had the same mm. kind of. Some of the some of the parts of the game had that like, uh, like forced perspective where there's stuff moving in front, 
of you or like in front uh between Mm -hmm. you the viewer and link so like link is obscured for part of it um but yeah, I think this might be one of the first sort of like 2D, 3D mixed force perspective games that we've had so far in the series. Except for then the ocean has like full 3D, which is hilarious for some reason. I just only <laughs> thought about that when we started recording. I was like, why why the ocean? Uh, yeah. But I guess it's so that you can see enemies and stuff like that. But then you have sort of like the traditional way that you interact with enemies in the sort of like fixed perspective, the handheld DS, like handheld Zelda game space, which is kind of cool. And then you have, like, the um, the choo-choos are, like, the same style from Wind Waker. Um, mm-hmm. I think the, the NPC people are very similar to Wind Waker, like, the kind of, like, chibi style. And even their, like, clothing and, and appearance is very similar to other characters from Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't have that much other stuff to say about the visuals, just that I thought that the usage of the two screens was very interesting, obviously. We talked about that a lot already. Um and the ability to draw and like maintain your own drawings and like your signature and stuff like that. Um, and then your signature is used in the credits. We didn't talk about that, but that's also hilarious. So there's like personalization yeah. based on stuff that you do, which is cool. Yeah. Even in the credits. And the, I didn't realize that the uh, DS had uh, pol- like was able to render polygons. So that's pretty cool. It's very interesting. Um, was there anything in the visuals that y'all wanted to talk about specifically i do think that the few times that the game moved into a more f- first person-ish perspective mm-hmm. was very interesting like when um i think it was the lineback uh, the the bellback fight <laughs> and um the top screen during the invisible octorok fight and mm-hmm. things like that where you saw things in a more 3d perspective like mm-hmm. from a ground level i think those were very interesting and I don't know. I, I really like them. I wish there was more of it in the like game a first person perspective as opposed to like a third person where you're. Or I think I think even more link. of a, a uh, like a third down, third person perspective rather than a top down perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're almost the second person. Perspective. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Like a, it's a different point of view. It's still third person perspective. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like different angles and stuff. The yes, um, the possessed lineback fight is. It's cool. Like I still think it's one of the coolest like parts of the game, which makes sense because it's the end. But it's yeah. it's interesting <laughs> visually. Um, I mean, I think the ghost ship is also just very visually spooky, nice. Yeah, and I mean, I guess along with that goes with the the music that was going on with it. And it has just, good like, music. The, foggy, the fogginess the uh, that you travel through. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice to be able to go into the ghost ship since it was just sort of a. I didn't think we were going to be able to. thing on the water in the mm-hmm. Wind Waker. Yeah, so. you do have to go in for one piece, but also, like, I wasn't expecting the ghost ship to be, like, a yeah, level. It looks the same as, like, all the. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. I did like how, like, every time, until you get Tetra, every time you turn on the game, it does that, like, Tetra cutscene where it's like, Ling, help me. It's like, I get it. Yeah, oh, I know yeah, what I'm doing. Yeah. You get guilt tripped by the I game. Know. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I thought that was funny. And and but yeah, the ghost ship actually has multiple interesting soundtracks, which we could talk about if there's no other visual things that we want to talk about. Yeah, I think that's about it. In terms of music, um, this game also had voice, so I guess we could talk about that first. But there are favorite voices from previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the voice of like Toon Link, who is also so this is a uh, Sachi Matsumoto, is also the voice of Skull Kid, which I didn't realize, but that's interesting. Mm. Oh. Um, 
Hikari Tachibana, who's the voice of Tetra slash Zelda. That's a big shock. Um, and uh, Kaori Mizuhashi, who is the voice of Navi, otherwise known as Ciela <laughs> in this game. <laughs> so, yes. um, yeah, I was like trying to find their credits because there were three people listed. And I was like, oh, okay, all that makes sense because <laughs> there is yeah. like Tetra Talks and uh, you have Link Screams. And then um, like there's a hey, like Navi's mm-hmm. hey that Ciela says. So. Because um, Ciel is basically Navi, but don't tell anyone I said that. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, the, in terms of music, it's Kenta Nagata and, and Toru Minagishi. Uh, I think, again, I think both of them had worked on Zelda games before. Uh, so the all the Wind Waker crew had returned for this game, which totally makes sense. Uh, in terms of technology, one interesting upgrade that the DS has is that it has stereo speakers. It has two oh. speakers. So if you <laughs> listen to DS music in your headphones, you, it's a lot more obvious. Like when you're Actually, I noticed some parts of the game, like, there's a scene where you have to chase the rat that has the key, and you can hear the rat getting closer and sort of, like, moving across the screen. Oh, yeah. That tinkling moves across mm. the screen, so that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's um, enabled by having two speakers, which is cool. But yeah, if you listen to DS music in your headphones, you can hear that a lot of it has substantial, like, stereo mixing, which is cool. I don't think most of it would impact this game very much but it is interesting so there's stereo speaker now which is great <laughs> the headphone output is also stereo so i think for the game boy advance and like sp and, and game boy or whatever it was all like mono or whatever um so now you have sound depth you can have sound depth and things that appear to sound like they're more to one side or like behind you or whatever because you have stereo ability which is cool and then the sound i mean there's more memory allocate like there's more uh the samples can be bigger, so it's like 18-bit instead of, six, uh, whatever, 16-bit instead of 8-bit um, from the Game Boy, I think. It's like double what the Game Boy Advance had. Um, and apparently the DS, according to this review and um, thorough, in-depth review of the architecture by Rodrigo Capetti, my BFF, um, apparently the DS can play MP3s, but still like decoding an MP3, it like takes more processing capacity, so like sequenced sound so like uh samples that are played or like um music that's like programmatically generated like from like the old game boy like eight uh whatever um like eight bit music um apparently still better for uh like processing uh he says in this article that like homebrew games often use mp3s but i think still like professionally produced games would still use um sequence music so anyway whatever moderately interesting there and then in terms of the vibes in terms of like (laughs) this music is obviously riffing on wind waker uh it takes place after wind waker so some of the music is just like um like remastered less track like less samples are played at the same time or whatever um but you can tell the themes are like the pirates theme comes back so there's some music that's directly taken from wind waker but then there's some that's like altered and sort of like rift on like the sailing theme is an obvious one and one thing about the ghost ship is that in the last encounter of the ghost ship like when in the bellum fight um there's like this dark version of the sailing theme which is pretty cool mm-hmm. there's like the regular sailing theme and there's like dark sailing theme so not just the um the one that cosm i think is referring to that like chanting kind of like march mm-hmm. when you're chasing the ghost ship yeah. the first time there's a different version of the sailing theme when you're sailing out to the the boat to fight bellum which is cool i liked the um the title theme too which is sort of a variation of the like d's theme from the wind waker Waker. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like it started off sounding like exactly the same one but then it kind of morphed into its own thing Mm -hmm. yeah i definitely yes 
and it definitely feels very Wind Waker. You're definitely like set right in the same kind of like setting. It feels like, which is mm -hmm. cool if you if you had played the game before. Oh, the fight music is very similar to Wind Waker as well. I think it's like mm -hmm. the same, but also remastered. Um, yeah. And then there's this sort of like walking around like this when you're on the island, an island with enemies noise, like music. And it reminds me of like the Forbidden Fortress music. It's also kind of like a march and it has a lot of like drum and then um, mm -hmm. it's it's similar to the Forbidden Fortress. Did I say Forbidden? Yeah, Forbidden Fortress from... Yeah. Forsaken, Forsaken Fortress. Forsaken, yeah. <laughs> I get that confused a lot. The Forsaken Fortress yes. from uh, Wind Waker. So that's <laughs> pretty cool. There's also similar music. Um, Osha's has like a theme um, that's played later that's kind of like... It's like the main sort of like themes from Wind Waker. It has that like Celtic music kind of vibe with like strings and flute and harp, the like folk music vibe. Mm -hmm. um, and Linebeck has his own theme, which as you pointed out is amazing. And it's uh, kind of like a sea okay. shanty, which makes sense. It's very like mm -hmm. piratey. It's really good. It's, <laughs> it's one great. of my favorite songs we've heard in the series, I think. It goes do 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 Yeah, <laughs> that that. Mm -hmm. that theme <laughs> um one thing that struck me as really odd was there's a different rupee noise i was like how dare you oh, yeah. game <laughs> i'm deeply offended by this it goes do, 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 do. <laughs> it's like ugh. i mean it's celebratory it's all fine and whatever but it's not this classic <laughs> like zelda noise and mm -hmm. if i had to complain about one thing in this game it would be that but it doesn't even matter <laughs> it's fine <laughs> but every time i was like that's the wrong noise Especially because, like, all the other sound effects are exactly the same. Even, like, Link's, like, yeah. screaming and stabbing stuff is all exactly the same. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and then, I like I pointed out, there's no instruments in gameplay this time. So you don't have any little songs to remember or whatever. Just your background yeah. sailing song or whatever. You know, choose your favorite environmental music. <laughs> That's what you get. Yeah. There's no, like, saucy boleros or, like, Zora scooching forever or whatever. <laughs> no mambo's mambo, any of, any of the sort. So those are my, those are my findings <laughs> of the music this time. But I enjoyed all the music. I mean, I, we enjoyed the music from Wind Waker. I think, like, music from Wind Waker is really great. And so yes. of, like, what they could replicate and then what they could, like, sort of expand on in this game and, like, riff on. Uh, I think it was all very, like, fitting. And even though I think there's probably less music than, like, Wind Waker or whatever, as it's a handheld game overall, like, there's less there's less variation. Like, all the islands, until you get into, like, the temples, even the temples might have all the same music, too. Yeah. Um, but I think there's enough, like, variation that you still get, like, different vibes in different places and talking to different people. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's it was nice. Summer, in summary, it was nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although I would like to mambo with a fish, but whatever, it's okay. I'll live, I guess. <laughs> I liked the I liked the sort of multiple like sea themes, like the the one that sounds the opening one that sounds very similar to Wind Waker, and then um oh actually so for the very beginning scene, the one where Nico's telling the story, there are little mm -hmm. um it's accompanied by like kind of a medley from Wind Waker, which is really cute. It's accompanied by um there's like uh, Zelda's lullaby and like all the different things from all the places there's like one on outset a scene on outset and stuff like that in nico's story that uses all the the music from wind waker which is really cool it uses like their little um 
not like sampled versions, but they're like reorchestrated versions that have like less instruments and stuff. It's very cool. It's hard to talk about this one specifically because a lot of the music was like very heavily influenced from Wind Waker or like yeah. directly from Wind Waker. So without kind of like mm -hmm. comparing them side by side, it's hard to explain the difference. But like because of yeah. the because of the capability of the system, the instrumentation had to be like reduced or it was just sort of like changed for thematic reasons, like to have an opening that's like slightly different, but still evokes that sailing feeling from Wind Waker and stuff like that, for example. So I feel like overall it's like nothing like really stands out as like super great. It has just enough like kind of evolution to Wind Waker, but also its own identity, which is nice. Like this game, the music in this game overall and the visuals too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just a nice game. <laughs> it was a good game. Yeah, <laughs> I thought this game was really cute. I had a lot of fun. I don't care that it's short. Yeah, and I don't care about the online player, whatever the fuck. Like, yeah, I just had a good time playing this game. Yeah, it was just really mm -hmm. enjoyable. Like, just fun to just sit down and play it for an hour or two. And, yeah. and also, you can play In front it for of an TV hour with your family. <laughs> yeah, which we which we both did <laughs> because it was we were preparing for the stirring christmas time basically so it's like i'll sit and play my ds it's just like <laughs> being in high school <laughs> yeah. yeah it's just really fun and like mm. i said breezy to play like it's just a, just a good time i definitely like never worry like when we were playing other games sometimes i'd be like oh, i really have to make sure that i like block off time to play zelda because it's gonna take me like two hours or three hours to like do this next part i know i need to go find a, mm -hmm. a thing and then open the next dungeon and then that dungeon's gonna take me a while and then i need to beat the boss and i'll probably die and it's gonna take me like a good like <laughs> or like oh i need to wait until like saturday so that i have a full like several hours that yeah. i can play uninterrupted but we're this game i was like okay like it's like 8 30 i can finish the next dungeon before i go to bed like easily right like it was very yeah. it it i never um like it's not like i don't look forward to playing any of the games but it's just like i didn't have trouble like planning a setting aside time to like make progress like it was very easy to progress in this mm -hmm. game yeah yeah and being on the ds helped with that too because it's got true. its own little sort of sleep function yeah That's also I, I definitely I could, left it on for like, I'd be one like day. playing for a little <laughs> yeah. while <laughs> yeah like when i was with my family i'd be like playing for a little while and my mom would be like can you come help me with dinner and i'd be like yeah sure one second and i like finish one thing and then just close the clamshell i didn't have to yeah. get into a safe place to save and quit and everything no you could just close it and then you could i left it on mm -hmm. for like a whole night it was plugged in because it was like charging anyway and it was like i definitely don't want to do all this again i'm just gonna leave this plugged in yeah. so that i can like do <laughs> yeah. the next thing tomorrow night and it's like pretty great we don't really like have we didn't i mean with the no we haven't had any other games where like you just pick up in the same place yet usually mm -hmm. uh you have to like go back to the beginning of a dungeon if you save or whatever um yeah. mm -hmm. even in games even on in twilight princess which was like pretty modern i would say um yep, yep. you still have to start mm -hmm. at the beginning of the dungeon unless you have like uku or whatever but even then it's like yeah i would say like hit and miss um i struggled using yeah Uku, i think so. the little like like the majora's mask remake had like those little pedestals in the yeah. dungeons you could save it but i think they were similar to uku or it wasn't really like you just save yeah. and put it down kind of thing it's still designated places in the dungeon as opposed to like i mean modern games like with breath of the wild you can literally save probably anywhere i don't i've never i don't think i've never tried to save like in a shrine but any other part of the map you can just save and then when you turn it on it's like exactly the same place where you left off so like mm -hmm. but that's definitely a more any of the divine beasts though they might be because i, I mean maybe. those are the only like 
dungeons. dungeons in the game. Yeah, I think so. they're dungeons. Yeah. They're not nearly as long as old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dungeons though, either. No, but and I think if you trigger stuff, like I bet if you set it up, it probably saves the state that it was in. Like you probably yeah. don't have to go like turn on the move the water trunk again, or like you don't have to like yeah, yeah, go yeah. trigger a like uh you know part of the puzzle yeah like that might be yeah all the things all those control things the control thing yeah, i feel like i remember done. leaving and coming back out of them and it like still had my yeah and you can warp out of them which is nice too. yeah yeah mm-hmm. i don't know well we'll find out we'll play it eventually it's yeah. only a couple <laughs> couple more months until we play it ourselves mm-hmm. we're probably yeah, playing we're it right the, now because um, it's march mid to late 2000s uh-huh. so we're getting there as far as <laughs> that game states. probably came out in <laughs> 2015 or something so we're still 10 years away this in game in game time okay yeah so we're definitely 10 yeah. years away because game came out in 2017 yeah, 10 years 10 or years out. <laughs> so yeah in in terms Just of our, 10 years to go yeah in terms of our zelda game timeline we're 10 years away from breath of the wild in terms of our actual real world <laughs> timeline we're like two months away from breath of the wild or whatever when this comes out <laughs> by the time this comes out we'll be like two months away from breath of the wild 2 so because <laughs> it comes out march 1st and then this that game comes out <laughs> This episode comes on March 1st. That game comes out May 12th. So <laughs> we're going to get there. Yeah, I soon. watched a, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was watching some like Zelda related video the other day, and they were like, when Tears of the Kingdom comes out in less than 100 days, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely followed a Tumblr account that's like Tears of the Kingdom countdown. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and it, every day it's like 100, you know, like 90 to 8 days until Zelda, until Tears of the Kingdom comes out. Well, <laughs> We'll get, do you think they'll let us pick up cats or whatever? <laughs> it's like random stuff yeah. every day. It's pretty great. Nice. Are any of you familiar with Hey Arnold? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's just, one episode. Oh, yeah. There's Actually, whatever. 20, oh, the, 24 hours, hours and 50 minutes you until you die. Yeah. 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 <laughs> how many, um, yes. like, Dawn of the First Day, how many hours remaining post do you think there's going to be in the last couple of days? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> what if I put some up myself on our social media? Is that is that day class A? <laughs> I think that's perfect. I think it's perfect. <laughs> Where would you rank Phantom Hourglass on your stack rank of games? I had a hard time thinking about this, but I decided that it's mm-hmm. not as good as Ocarina of Time. Because Ocarina mm-hmm. of Time is how I have so far have decided to rank. <laughs> or I guess it's my personal rank, so it's like I didn't I couldn't I couldn't rank it above Ocarina of Time, I guess, personally. Mm-hmm. So mine is like uh Wind Waker is still at the top. Cuz apparently I said Wind Waker is better than Twilight Princess. I think that that's true. So Wind Waker then Twilight Princess and Majora's Mask then Ocarina of Time and then Phantom Hourglass and then Link's Awakening and Midish Cap are tied and then Oracles. Uh okay. That was my rank. I th- because, like, I, I think I ranked Oracle the Oracle games highly just because I really liked the concept and, like, the... Mm-hmm. More so than playing the game, I think I liked sort of what it... Just the, the addition of the two, the interaction between them, the, the sort of themes and similarities between them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think... I'd put it between Minish Cap and Oracle. So you think Minish Cap... You... Would rank Minish Cap above Phantom Hourglass? Yes. And Oracles is below Phantom Hourglass. I think so. Yes. I don't know how we actually. <clears throat> I mean, I don't know. I don't know what your y'all's criteria is for ranking them. I think it's just like <laughs> our preferences at this point, basically, because. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think a mix between that and sort of... It's sort of a mix of, like, personal biases and, like, objective quality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I put... I put Phantom Hourglass under Link's Awakening and above Minish Cap. But I debated putting it in, like, the same position as Cosm did, because I was like, I think Minish Cap is probably a better game, but I enjoyed mm -hmm. Phantom Hourglass a lot more. I think so. that... My personal opinion is that it's a better game than Minish Cap. I think Link's Awakening and Minish Cap were pretty similar in a lot of ways, and I think that might be limited by technology. But I think that Phantom Hourglass is better mm -hmm. because... Um, well, I mean, the DS, like, obviously enables this, but I think that it has, like, better puzzles because of the touch uh -huh. interaction. So, like, because of the style, use of the uh -huh. stylus in the game, I think it has more, um, like, novelty in the way that you approach the game. And I think that mm. that has value. Mm -hmm. The play mechanics are yeah. very interesting. Um, the play mechanics in like Minish Cap and Link's Awakening, the oracles, I mean, like they're limited by technology, but they're still like you press B to button to sword. And then, mm -hmm. um, you know, you have like puzzles to solve, but it's they're similar because you interact with the game in a similar way. Like they were probably like sort of predictable. Well, Minish Cap, at least you shrink. So it has a similar like gimmick kind of mechanic. But Link's Awakening, Oracle, Seasons, yeah, and like Link to the Past and stuff, they have similar sort of like puzzles because there's similar interactivity with what mm -hmm. you can do. You basically have like a sword, you have things that are close, and then you have like projectile weapons. So, um, yeah, and like bombs. And, and I've stuff kept like Link's that. Awakening like fairly high because it's just like, I'm it's just cute. so fond of the weirdness of that game. Yeah. I think Phantom Hourglass is similar in that way too. Mm hmm. It's charming. Like the story. And I is also funny. played the remake of Link's <laughs> Awakening, which has less of the like restraints of like yeah. minimal buttons mm -hmm, and stuff mm -hmm. that the original version has. But it has like, the same dialogue. Yeah, there's just such a <laughs> such a charming weirdness and also like <laughs> charming darkness. Yes. To it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But not as dark as Majora's Mask. <laughs> no. Nope. It has existential crisis, but kind of in a like haha kind of way because like yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because you're like, you're like, wait, what? Two minutes ago, I was mamboing with a fish. Yeah, exactly. Mm. <laughs> I think Phantom Hourglass has, like, the same charm, but none of... Well, I mean, at the end, it's like, oh, <laughs> you're in... By the way, you're in, a, like, an uh, alternate reality. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it's not mm -hmm. revealed until the end. Like, there's not, like, this weird, like, buildup of it. There's just a weird reveal at the end, yeah. which it's is It's also weird, not but... confirmed that everyone's fake. It's just a, a possible explanation. <laughs> there is no, like, explanation for any of that part of the game. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. But um, yeah, I think yeah. the implication is that like that's a whole another world with real people just could be <laughs> like, they could adjacent kind of like Termina I guess I don't know I guess like yeah I don't yeah I don't really know Although I guess Termina could be fake too there's not really any confirmation on that either I mean yeah I think there's probably <laughs> fan theories that are like and then Link died and and like it's Termina is his like way of coping with his death or whatever you know there's all those like crazy <sighs> like like theories oh yeah there's all sorts of like. Majora's Mask is like going through the seven stages of grief or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, whereas mm -hmm. the uh, Link's Awakening is definitely a dream that's canonical. Yeah. So. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I just feel like I don't. I have a hard time ranking this game, even though it's a very sophisticated game. I have a hard time ranking it against the console tv console games like in general yeah like mm -hmm. how can you compare a ds to like an n64 like mm -hmm. it has like similar capabilities but like the experience of playing it is not going to be the same like it doesn't have the same amount of 
you can't have the same like length of story like ocarina of time is like two or three maybe three times as long as this game so there's just it just has a it enables you to have a different experience of the story of the game so even though there's a lot of like humor and whatever like the game um phantom hourglass has a lot of elements that help sort of like compensate for the length and available space of the game that make mm -hmm. it fun but it's still like just can't compete with ocarina of time like how can i say this game's better than ocarina of time i don't know I, that's my personal yeah. mm -hmm. it's like we all have range yeah i mean i think well. there's a reason we've all got the we've all got the handhelds all kind of clustered together in the middle here yeah Someday there'll be an overlap, and that day will be when we play Breath mm -hmm. of the Wild, <laughs> I guess. Because <laughs> next is Skyward Sword, or no, next is um, tr Spirit Tracks. Spirit Tracks. But Spirit then after that first, is Skyward Sword, so it's just like a whole other level, right? <laughs> like that's like, uh, that was released like late in the Wii life cycle, so it's going to have quite a different mm -hmm. experience, even compared to Twilight Princess, I'm sure, um, in terms of yeah, the interactivity and mechanics. Yeah, it is going to be interesting. I got yeah. the Switch I'm version. I'm also interested so. in the one after that, the um, A Link Between Worlds, because I remember that being really, really good. So that might mm -hmm. break the uh, the, handhelds. the handhelds in the middle mold yeah. for me. Yeah, we'll I'll see. I'll have to replay it because it's been a little while. But Well, the 3DS finally catches up to like the N64 capabilities. That's how all those games mm -hmm. got like ported to it, right? So, mm -hmm. Which yeah. is how I played Majora's Mask. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I think that's how you played Ocarina of Time for this series, too. So. Uh, at least Kayla did. I don't remember what Cosm did. Um, no, not this time. That was the first time. Okay, the, the way first. I played it originally, though. So you played to complete it. You played Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask on the NCC4 for this. Well, I played Ocarina of Time on the um, like weird collector's edition disc that. Oh, came the with, GameCube like, one. When, yeah, 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 the okay. GameCube oh, version. So that was like the N64 ported to the GameCube, basically. It's pretty much the same. And then I played Majora's Mask on the N64. Yeah, I would nice. say that that's pretty much the same. It's mm -hmm. still like a console. Attached to a v TV mm -hmm. experience, the the button layout is yeah. slightly different, but like it wasn't mm -hmm. that different. Yeah, but for the my first completing experience for both of those was on the 3DS. Mm -hmm. I played them both, some on the original N64, but never got that far. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get. Yeah, we'll see what happens with mm -hmm. the Link Between Worlds. That will be interesting. Mm -hmm. yeah. I forgot to edit my farewell. I didn't find a good sign off for this time, but that's fine. Oh, no. um, I'll just figure it out. It's like, by the way, you're in an alternate world. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Don't steal my ideas. <laughs> so, yeah, so in terms of our stack rank, so I had it. So my current rank top is Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, Majora's Mask, or like from top to bottom. Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, Majora's Mask, Ocarina of Time, Phantom Hourglass, Link's Awakening, and Minish Cap are sort of tied. And then the Oracles, then Link to the Past, and then Zelda 1 and Zelda 2. Kayla's is Wind Waker, Majora's Mask, Twilight Princess, Ocarina of Time, Link's Awakening. So we have all the same ones at the top, basically. Um, <laughs> then less, Link's yeah. Awakening, then Phantom Hourglass, then uh, Minish Cap, Oracles, Link's of the Past, Zelda 1, Zelda 2. Cosm is uh, still Majora's Mask, Twilight Princess, Ocarina of Time, Wind Waker. And then Minish Cap, then Phantom Hourglass, then the Oracles. So we all have like Phantom Hourglass, Minish Cap, and Oracles kind of in the same middle... Mm -hmm. And then the mm. N64 and later console um, 3D games, like, at the top. Mm. And then Zelda mm -hmm. 2 is at the bottom. <laughs> In all yeah. our yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. I think that makes sense. I think it can... It's definitely the mm -hmm. best handheld game so far. And I think, like, the... Yeah. The controls well, are really cool. <laughs> well, no, you think Minish Cap was better. Well, <laughs> you thought Minish Cap was I better. I do, yes. It, it is still a very good handheld game, though. Yeah. I think it's charming. 
Manage Cap was also funny though. It had it had a lot. Of, it had some good yeah. mechanics too. I think a big reason I picked put Minish Cap is I just I think I like that style better. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Minish Cap is a beautiful game. Like, yeah, this game like, is. I, I, the the visuals are good, but it's a little rough. Like the DS doesn't have their yeah, that resolution. I mean, it's a DS like game, it, it but, doesn't support yeah, the DS I, game trying to be three D, which like like yeah. there's some beautiful two D DS games, but. I was really the surprised. The ones are always a little, little crunchy. Yeah, I was, I was surprised that it supported polygons <laughs> at all. To be fair, so I was like, okay. Yeah. yeah, I remember being like really impressed when the DS first came out with the, uh, the Super Mario sixty four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Port, port remake, whatever it is. I don't know. If, yeah, um, I don't know how it's ported or remade or whatever. I feel like it's a remake because it's got all those other characters and stuff in oh, there. Does it? I yeah. think it would have to be. But, uh, but yeah. Yeah, but it's like it's really impressive, but it still looks kind of ugly. Like, <laughs> yeah. There's a good comparison um, screen. But there's some very visually impressive moments in this game. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of the, like, the, the two-screen, like, big boss encounters and stuff mm-hmm. were all looked pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was definitely cool. I definitely, during the boss battles, I forgot how weird Link's sprite looks sometimes, or Link's, like, character looks sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> the character model or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah. And then, like, the cuts, like, we talked about all those cutscenes are really funny. I think that really compensates for some mm-hmm. of the weird yeah. visual weird. Like, it's... They're definitely like pushing the technology to the max. It just like doesn't really support like a real like three D game very well, I guess. But <laughs> the DS was a good console, it turns out. So and extremely popular for Brain Age yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Nintendogs. Yeah, there's some great games on on DS. Not Every necessarily Pokemon. Brain Age and Dogs, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The numbers disagree with that because they were super popular. <laughs> There's well, and all the Pokemon's. Yeah. Some of my favorite Pokemon games. I love um, Black and White and Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Well, good. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. That's the end of talking about Phantom Hourglass. Uh, train. Wait till next week. Huh? Oh, yeah. I know. What the hell? <laughs> I said train. Wait till next time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Next time. Um, next episode comes out. Mm, April 1st, I had to count. <laughs> like an idiot. Mm. April 1st. For real or is it a joke? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it actually comes out April 1st. It's not a joke. <laughs> this isn't a drill. And we'll be talking about <laughs> spirit checks. The yeah. next train. Trains. Choo-choo. Trapped on a train. I was reading the description right before we started and I was like, Link wants to be an engineer? Oh, well, whatever. <laughs> <We'll> see. <laughs> <laughs> if it's as fun as... Um, Phantom Hourglass that I'm definitely looking forward to. After, I was like, not that I wasn't looking forward to Phantom Hourglass, I just I just had like way more fun than I expected playing Phantom Hourglass. So yeah. mm-hmm. if it's anything like that, then I'm sure it will be fun and I'm sure it will be like a chill, fun DS game and mm-hmm. it will be nice. Yeah. I hope yeah. I hope it's I remember fun. it being better than it had any right to be for a game where Link is on a train. So. <laughs> <laughs> trains, listen, next time join us for trains. Highly rated Zelda game. <laughs> Okay, we'll see you next time for Phantom Hourglass. Yeah. Wait, okay. we'll see you next time for Spear Checks. <laughs> That's the one. Kassam was really excited, even though I said the wrong thing. So <laughs> Let's just play Phantom Hourglass again. That was fun. He's like, yeah, Phantom Hourglass again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see you later. <laughs> All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. In, in Zelda or in... Or in like, <laughs> no, no, biblical, like... Uh, biblical. Bi- yeah, biblical. Jonah right. is thrown Jonah, overboard, yeah. is swallowed by a huge, a huge fish or whale. Unclear. 
Yeah, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> oh, this is from Prey.com. This is official. Oh. <laughs> official? Uh, don't make me put you wow, on the spreadsheet. they paid bucks for that domain. <laughs> <laughs> they, they probably did. Oh, Kayla's, Kayla's was professionals. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Kayla already made a fish pun. <laughs> oh, fish. You're on spreadsheet. It's happening. Nice. <laughs> if I decide to leave this in, um, we our friend group started a, a best puns of 2023. I don't know if I would call it a competition, but I think we just decided that we're going to rate the best ones at the end of the year somehow. I haven't decided mm-hmm. how we're going to do that, but for now, I'm just capturing them. <laughs> so I've taken Cosm's entry of official, and, and I have cataloged it. Just so you know. <laughs> April 1st. For real or is it a joke? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that counts as a pun. Otherwise, I would definitely write you up in the pun sheet. <laughs> <laughs> that deserves, deserves... I was going to say it deserves punishment. And then I was like, no, you can't say that because that's a pun. <laughs> 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 yeah. Just remember that the when the DS was invented, the smartphone hadn't yet been invented. So like... Jesus Christ, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, you, you don't remember that? Smart the I mean, first. Well, I mean, I guess there was probably like um, Blackberries. I might be speaking out of turn on that, but like the uh, iPhone wasn't invented that's yet. That's not really that smart. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. A I'm holding my hands up. Like, <laughs> there were phones with internet access existed. Yeah, I don't think I even had a cell phone when this game came out. Uh, this game came out in 2007. You didn't have a cell phone when you were in high school. Maybe no. you didn't. Not till like the end of high school. I didn't have one until mm. I was like taking all the like AP tests and crap mm. in different places. And my mom wanted to be able to know when I was done and come and get me and stuff. Yes. The reason I had a cell phone <laughs> in middle school was because I was an orchestra. So it was like the same situation. So I had all these other like mm-hmm. places that I had to go and oh, yeah. tell her when I need to be picked up. And I was like, she was like, go to the office. And I was like, I don't want to go to the yeah. office every time I want you to come pick me up. And that was the argument mm-hmm. that we had that led to me getting a flip phone. When I was like 13. I had one of those cool ones where you slid it up and then the keyboard was underneath it. Yeah. Whoa, I had an LG yeah. chocolate, which was the greatest <laughs> phone at the time. Oh, at yeah, that yeah. time, I had an LG chocolate. That was my second phone. And then in college, I swapped phones with my dad who had a Blackberry. <laughs> so. Oh, you had a Blackberry. Look at you. Mm-hmm. Your internet access. In college? My dad didn't want it. He's like, I hate this thing. And he's like, I just want a flip phone. And I was like, okay. I made a mistake. When I moved to, because I had, for a while, I had two different cell phones because I lived in Canada for school and then I would come home during the mm-hmm. summer. So, oh, yes, yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. who, now I still have just the one. Yeah, I used to have you as Ellen and Canadian Ellen in my phone. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm a different person <laughs> in Canada. That's true. <laughs> but so, like, when I came to Canada, I got a phone that had a T9 keyboard, like the nine numbers, and then you had to fucking mm-hmm. click, like, three or four times to text. Mm-hmm. But when I, in the U.S., the phone that I had had a I full keyboard, which was the hot new thing. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the full keyboard was the greatest, greatest invention to mankind before mm-hmm. a smartphone, probably. <laughs> so when people would text yeah, me. Yeah, that was the revelation the when I had the Blackberry. Like, I was like, I can type. I can type. And then I had to, the by the time I eventually got an iPhone in Canada, probably like toward the end of university. But like before that, the some of the T9 keys were like worn down to the point where I could like barely click them anymore and stuff because we texted so much <laughs> in the early 2000s but anyway whatever mm-hmm. this has been old people technology <laughs> corner yes but the point that i'm trying <laughs> I to say get is the like, hang of texting with the keyboard with the um the number pad i just could not mm-hmm. 
Uh, it's obnoxious. I'd, I'd manage to type like two letters and then it would like stall out and I couldn't figure out how to go back and fix what I, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, screw this. I'm tired. Of it. Like I'm going to get on you. aim and message them. Yeah. I'll just call you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is why there's like so many just like people texting one letter for words because we didn't, nobody got time to text full yeah. <laughs> words because it was mm. before autocorrect. It was just like, see you later. And it was like, see, <laughs> and then you, and then L eight R or whatever. Cause yeah. <laughs> And, like, single word messages. Anyway, it was great. So, listen. <laughs> this console came out before. Wi-Fi was, like, ubiquitous is what I'm trying to say. There's not that many left. We're in episode 10. This is the 10th episode of the oh series. I don't remember how many there are. I think there's, like, 15 or 16. Yeah. I should have pulled up my... Hold on. Plan. Let's see. I have it here. 17. 17. Oh, yeah, because we have spinoffs. There's yeah. 15... <laughs> main line main line individual yeah. like single player focused games and then we have an episode for so we're three quarters of the way through the through the mainline single player story games and then yeah, there's yeah. we have an episode for yeah and one of those is tears of the kingdom which isn't actually out so. <laughs> it will be though <laughs> eventually yeah <laughs> and then we have an episode for we're gonna we're gonna cover four swords like all the um, multiplayer in like one discussion somehow I don't know how we're gonna do that I haven't thought about that but whatever and then uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll figure it out <laughs> yeah then we have an episode for spinoffs and I can't remember what's in the list of spinoffs but definitely I at least have links crossbow training uh, Hyrule warriors Hyrule warriors, warriors. <laughs> tingles like Maybe, Ruby whatever yeah. the yeah. tingles games yeah <laughs> although I, I don't thought about have importing any. the first tingle game because it was. Because the first one was translated and released in the UK, but not oh, in the US. So. I'm sure you can it's buy like them on eBay. eBay. Like importing it or buying it on eBay somewhere. And yeah. those were for DS, which I don't think is region locked. I think the DS yeah, itself wasn't it region locked. Yeah. The 3DS is region locked, those bastards. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking yeah, 20... The second one never left Japan. <laughs> well, the 3DS came out in 2010 or something. 10? Yeah. I think it was 2010. We were... I was like partway through university, so... Yeah, so it's like 2010. Stop we fucking region locking games. WTF? Yeah. I remember when we were in Japan, when we were in that like big video game store, I was sitting there with my phone, like Googling what <laughs> systems were and weren't region locked to see what I could like play on my own hardware. Well, it turns out the N64 <laughs> isn't region locked, but they changed the cartridge. The cartridges have a different shape. So oh, there's like, yeah, mm -hmm. you can Google this, but like, so on the N64, the cartridge has these two little kind of like cutouts like nubbins on the sides toward the edges of the cartridge on the back and apparently they're in a different position on the game but the, like the pins are the same so if you want to like hmm. unregion lock your n64 all you got to do is like clip off a little bit of plastic inside the <laughs> cartridge the part that in the side the slot mm -hmm. the part that holds the cartridge in the slot so mm -hmm. huh. yeah apparently that's a thing that you can do so wild yeah it's a good time. But yeah, it's really easy to get games from Japan on eBay and the like games from the UK on eBay. So I'm sure you can get mm -hmm. a Tingles, a uh, Rosy Review World or whatever if you want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the critical reception of Spirit Tracks was, but it we'll definitely didn't sell as well time. as this game. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but whatever. Anyway. Probably more toward the end of the life of the DS rather probably, than the like, peak of its popularity. I think it came out in like 2010. <laughs> wait, did it come out? Did I just say that? Hold on, wait. Uh... Did I read that? <laughs> Phantom, not Phantom Hourglass. This one's Phantom Hourglass. Spirit Tracks. 
Oh, it came out in 2009, and then the 3DS came out in 2010, so... Oh, sorry, the 3DS came out in 2011, so there was still a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. Two years. I was like, that yeah, seems really Definitely close. no longer the heyday of the... The DS. No, they were the running DS. out of dogs to make Nintendogs games for. <laughs> yes. <laughs> running out of brain ages. Like, we're out of brains. <laughs> How are we going to keep making money? <laughs> I was just reading this. It's like 3D cameras, spot pass. I was like, whoa, there's so much crap in here. <laughs> well, anyway, that'll be fun to talk about in a couple of months. <laughs> after we talk oh, about yeah, it. all the street pass stuff yeah. <laughs> that was my favorite part i was I that had anything to do with zelda but it was so much fun <laughs> i was thinking mm-hmm. about i was like man i played my ds constantly 3ds constantly but i was like what 3ds <laughs> games did i actually play it's like oh none of them because you were just playing street pass <laughs> games all the time <laughs> i liked the street pass games really lot. fun is if you went to a, a gaming convention and like so many you'd have to stop and clear out your street pass like every five minutes because mm. you were getting so many yes <laughs> I'm excited. I'm very excited. (sighs) So excited that I'm falling asleep. Anyway. (laughs) 